This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons. Go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to get bonus episodes of many of our shows, many series like Unfilmable and Bonfireside Chat. They're available for patrons only. Here, there's a rare behind-the-scenes you can hear Pocket playing with his noise-making device. Those are the kind of behind-the-scenes insights you can hear by becoming a patron. So again, that's patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Into the Breach, which is a turn-based strategy game developed and published by Subset Games for the PC and Switch in 2018. Mm-hmm. Life's a breach. <laughs> it's a couple of breach bombs. Yeah, just, you know, going back in time, trying to set right what once went wrong, but... Actually, waging an we infinite war. Yeah, <laughs> nothing from life is strange. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, this episode is brought to you weirdly enough by a couple of people mm-hmm. in a roundabout way. Um, so this is the beginning of Puzzle Month, uh, which was dictated by uh, Doug Leaf, mm-hmm. um, who you may remember from Batman from the, from the Batman episode. Yeah. Um, we just uh, one of the reasons why we're not doing the theme months is because uh, clearly they got behind. Yep. <laughs> or we got a little, little bit behind on those just because uh, based on having uh, him do a guest episode and do a, a theme month <laughs> dictation. Right. So as we're clearing those out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, um, you know, we thought this would actually fit in really well. Um, Julia, one of my favorite people on Slack, actually, mm-hmm. um, suggested this game as uh, their dictation for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And it is a puzzle game. Not only is it uh, was that my interpretation, but it's also how the developer thinks of it. Yes. So, yeah. Um, And it's really interesting the way that that bears out and how even though this looks like an RTS, um, it does. uh, Or a turn-based strategy game. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's a very slow RTS. Yes. Well, everything happens in real time. There's no such thing as fake time. No, sorry. Thank you for correction. ATS. (laughs) Artificial time strategy. (laughs) I mean, that that, that also might apply to this. Yeah. yeah, there is some artificial time strategy, Grant Morrison time fuck uh, going in this. Yeah, but even Just though it, even though it presents as a uh, turn based tactics game, um, it does uh, you know by by through canny manipulation of information and what it decides to show you and what it doesn't show you, um, it does kind of manifest as this series of intricate chess puzzles. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So it's going to be kind of an odd episode for us because there is a narrative to it. Right. Um, and there are a lot of mechanics to it. But the narrative, you know, for being like this is the least essential a narrative has ever been in a game written by Chris Avalon. <laughs> right. Like, I just like this, this, you know, I love I love Chris. I don't mm-hmm. you know, it's not like he does bad work here either. I just like literally could not care less. Right. <laughs> About any text in this game that yeah. isn't a stat or a, a number. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're not going to, you know, that's that's not really going to be the point here. We're going to talk about the, the kind of intricacies of the battles and the units mm-hmm. and how this articulates because there's no, really no game like it. Um, and uh, it's just, it's really interesting. Yeah. You know, so the, the, the kind of story of this is you are playing these time travelers uh, who are defending the earth against these massive, this invasion of massive kaiju insects called the Vec. Um, however, the war is lost. So you jump back in time or jump to other timelines in order to win it. Right. Uh, the, the pilots we have are time travelers. Um, and this is a really elegant narrative solution to the uh, why you might play. Because this game is not a roguelike, but it has the rhythms of a roguelike and that you do like individual runs. Right. It's like a game that's designed to be uh, slowly unlocked and replayed over and over. Mm-hmm. There should be a better word for that than roguelike because it misses so many other, other you know, roguelike elements. Yeah. But that kind of run-based play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that is a, a great explanation for that. Like you're replaying these things because there are just tons of earths. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, uh, you know, even after you save this timeline, there are still timelines that need saving. Right. Um, so oh. you have set up this infinite war in an incredibly bleak, um, in an incredibly bleak scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, I, I like that. I like how, even though the story is just an excuse, it is integrated very well into the play. Yeah, elegance is the watchword. Yes. Here, this is one of the most elegant games ever made. Yep. <laughs> um, it's like it's you know it's 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 approaching Tetris. Um, the uh, so when we say how is this a puzzle game, um, one of the things uh, and and I'm gonna be referencing it a lot. I just want to put it out there as something that anyone who ends up liking this game or is intrigued about this game uh, after we do this episode, um, the developer did a GDC talk where he, he uh, kind of laid out the development process of this, mm-hmm. and one of the the theme, the the overarching verb in the development of this is deleting, mm-hmm. was taking things that didn't work and cutting them away. Right. Um, so this ends up being a puzzle game partly because, uh, you know, it ended up being used to be this kind of tactics game with a strategy layer on top. The strategy layer is all but non-existent. Right. The tactics layer, they got rid of so many things that you consider to be part of turn-based tactics. Mm-hmm. So what you're left with, the reason why this is a puzzle game, is that you are kind of presented with, with all those other things chipped away, presented with a series of things that feel like chess puzzles down to um, knowing exactly what everything can do. Right. Um, you know, and there's just, uh, there's not a whole lot of random elements the same way there are not in a chess puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like think about how, uh, ruined a chess would be if a knight had a 5% chance to lose, <laughs> you know, when you try to take a, take a, take a piece, right. um, you know, all the units kind of act like that. They have very specific verbs. And, uh, most importantly, the like absolutely brilliant, like innovation in this game, um, is that you have perfect information about what is going to happen in a turn just about like yes. 95% perfect information. Right. Like literally the only thing that you do not know is where the Vec will move um, mm-hmm. and what they will attack. Uh, even then you can see the radius of possible places they could move to. Yeah. So you can add that layer onto your planning as well. They have a, uh, what they do is they calculate the best and second best mm-hmm. possible move, and they choose randomly between those two things. Yes. So sometimes, so, uh, like big dumb bugs, they will do something suboptimal. 
Yes, but very and and still relatively optimal. Right. You know, um, and then the uh, there's a there's a chance that when they attack a building, it won't actually fall. Mm-hmm. That's random. Um, where they spawn in the beginning of the level or in the in between waves mm-hmm. is random, like of a, of a set spawning zone. Yeah. But that's completely random. Um, other than that, though, everything else is known. Yeah. Um, and then also your rewards, like the things you get, you know, the mission loadout. Right. In the beginning, you know, the, the, the layout of the islands and such. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all random, but the rest of the, and those are all things we'll, we'll detail. But right. the main thing is everything else is known. So, like, if you think about a tactics game, you think of, you know, Ramza walking up behind, you know, Delita mm-hmm. and having a 75 percent chance to hit him. Right. And uh, that just doesn't happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just or, or uh, like an attack that uh, hits hits a certain amount of time in, within an area, mm-hmm. you know, and it's three to five times. Nope. Right. Nope. This will attack once or twice in this specific area. You get to see it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, uh, the the turn order is really important to this, too, where like the uh, you get to see what they're planning and then you get to move. Mm-hmm. They're not tricking you. No, no. no. Uh, so you can see like, OK, this guy's going to attack first. That means that I need to make sure I move him first or move something in his way first. So that way he's not firing into kind of blank air. Right. Yeah. Or so um, he is firing into blank air. Yes. Like you want him to be firing instead of a building. Yes. Uh, either into blank air or into somebody else, preferably. And uh, we'll talk, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that when we get to the intricacies. But you know so much with certainty that it takes the experience of playing an XCOM or a Final Fantasy Tactics or any other number of games in that genre where things are based on percentages, where things are relatively chaotic. Those games, you know, in, in essence are about kind of mitigating and managing risk. This is mm-hmm. more about carefully considered judgments and trade-offs. Yes. Yeah. And that has a host of knock-on effects. Right. You know, things that had to be changed in the design to make that work, uh, things that had to be deleted, things like that. And we're we're going to get into those. But it is just as a high-level thing, making a strategy game where you know exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. um, with this, with this kind of simplicity and small scale is just – you know, again, like revolutionary. Yeah. You know, it just feels like uh, the the elegance that this has just is, you know, I mean, mind boggling, kind of unrivaled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, this this I have uh, just an uncanny amount of admiration uh, for this game. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. I love playing it. It's very fun. Yeah. I also admire it in the way that you might admire like a perfectly formed crystal in a cavern or something. Yes. You know, it feels like a precious stone to me. <laughs> this game is is ruby to me. <laughs> uh, the uh, eh. yeah. So so we yeah. talked about the biographics a little bit. Uh, you'll probably be familiar with the subset, not so much by their you know studio name, but by the previous game that they put out, FTL, kind of yeah. one of the first major Kickstarter successes. Pretty beloved mm-hmm. game. Um, this is and, the uh, yeah, it's the FTL guys. Yes. So. Um, and this is, that was also a real weird thing when this game came to me too, because, uh, I don't like FTL. Hmm. Like I don't, FTL is too random. It is too stressful for me. Yeah. I don't care for the theming mm-hmm. and the theming is more pronounced than that. Yeah. Like this is a, this is a mech game and I love it and I don't like mechs and I don't <laughs> like Kaiju and just by making them little pieces on a board. Yeah. Like I don't even think of this as being big scale at all. Right. Like, it does not feel to me like you are controlling giant creatures at all. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, that theming of FTL is not very appealing to me and is very upfront. Yeah. Here, all of the backseating of all that stuff kind of smuggled a mech game into my favorite games. 
you know <laughs> yeah i was going to talk um, about that because this it, 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 it takes armored core and and a little bit of edf just they, in terms they of could, they could be anything yeah you know it's like armored core and edf but they backseat that stuff so much mm-hmm. like there's no reason this isn't anything fighting bugs there's, there's no reason this isn't you know uh tiny nanobots fighting bugs yeah yeah you know or or just people fighting uh mind like zombies yeah there's you know, a, it could, there's very anything. little standing in the way of you just kind of looking at this as a wireframe yeah you know you know and, you know there's there's enough text there that you can kind of get into the get into the tone which is kind of the part of this that i'm into it's just the overall mm-hmm. bleakness of it yeah there there is a bleakness to it yeah it was just it was very surprising to me that the people who made ftl ended up making one of my favorite games mm-hmm. i don't think ftl is bad or anything i just it never clicked with me yeah yeah you know i i I, I like ftl it's fine i never was very good at it but like playing around with it um i don't know i like the stress of it one thing that's interesting about this that I learned from that talk is that they they talk one of the things about FTL that I don't like about it is I think it's too hard. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how um you know they they were getting these wild responses from people about whether uh into the breach was too hard or too easy and they think that it is easier. Mm-hmm. And they were like one of the things about a puzzle game or a strategy game like this is that it can be easy and still really fun. Yeah. And there's like this great line in the thing where he says like if you if you had asked me that 10 years ago when I was a new developer I would have thought that was crazy. <laughs> like I like hard games, only hard games are good. Yeah. And now I realize that's dumb as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't say dumb as hell. That's my yeah. words, but it is dumb as hell. Right. And this is, you know, and it's not it's not baby, it's not easy. No. It's just I think it's easier than than FTL. I'm, you know, you know? It, it is it is a game that absolutely absolutely rewards attention and thinking things through mm-hmm. in a in a way that FTL can kind of screw you and it's not really your fault. That's that's how I felt often yes. during FTL. Um, and it's also like related to that too. Like, let's give it up for uh, non condescending difficulty options. Mm-hmm. Um, you can unlock all the achievements and unlock all the squads on easy in this game. You can unlock all yeah. but all but one on easy. All but one, yeah. yeah. You know, so you, you're you can play like you can play this however you want. There's an easy mode that is significantly easier. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, chicken hat. There's no the developer like pointing down their finger at you for choosing it. Mm-hmm. It's just they adjust the numbers and it makes yeah. it easier. Or you can play it on hard. They adjust the numbers and make it harder, and it's just there. I was yeah, I, I was having trouble with this game as I was learning the ropes, and I turned it down to easy. And the thing that got me off of easy was once I understood the way things worked, um, it got to be not fun to yeah. kind of you know, end end the end each round with two rounds of you know to, to end each battle with two rounds of no enemies on the map right? yeah so like yep. no i want to like i want to engage with this more um yep. and i think that is like that kind of natural improvement where it is you who decides okay it is time for me to go up as opposed to any kind of built-in intrinsic punishment for saying mm-hmm. i just i just need a minute to learn this um it's so valuable yes you know, any int- intrinsic punishment or intri- like extrinsic punishment, yes. like or just like derisiveness yeah. or mocking like that is, you know, difficulty has been the watchword like this year in the discourse. And mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff bothers me so much. We're going to do MGS five at some point. Yeah. And how much I hate that fucking chicken hat. Yeah. I just think that is just philosophically vile mm-hmm. uh, as a, as an object in yeah. a game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So th- this uh, it just you that that ease is variable in and of itself just yes. while we're talking about difficulty because i don't know where else we would we would mention it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like um, when you so difficulty i mean correct me if i'm wrong about this but that primarily governs spawn rates right yeah yeah yep and and which enemies spawn yeah um there there are the kind of champion versions mm-hmm. 
of enemies that start showing up on later islands yeah, yeah. Uh, for the most part and the degree and number of those is dependent on difficulty and then also which island you're on yes so or how many islands in you are yeah <laughs> um so this uh and that, that'll all make sense we'll, we'll get to it um so they, they were inspired to make this game um making a tactical strategy game um after the modern XCOM was a huge hit right and they they're both big fans of that the two the two main guys in the studio mm-hmm yeah. Um, and also like XCOM, you know, was a little bit like, you know, okay, this, this genre had kind of gone away for a while. Um, mm-hmm. at least in the Western sphere, there are any number of, any number of, uh, what NIS software ones, you know, this guy mm-hmm. like never really stopped or the, or the follow ons to that. Um, regardless, um, you know, they liked those games and they said, Hey, let's, let's make our own. And then they, uh, all looked at other pieces of media, such as Pacific Rim or specifically, what is it? Superman, not Superman Returns. That's the, that's the real estate one, right? <laughs> What's the, uh, oh, Man Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah. Was the one that was, was yeah. the one that was uh, name checked. Basically any number of, you know, big bombastic media where entire cities get destroyed. Um, and it's not really seen as a real big deal. And they said, mm-hmm. what if we made a story like that where collateral damage wasn't acceptable? What if we remember that cities are where people live? Right. <laughs> you know, that's where we keep all our stuff. Yeah. Like, let's not have it get destroyed just because there's a bug about it. Right. You know, bugs about it. It's not time to just ruin the whole fucking zone. <laughs> Burn it. Uh, you know, uh, so they also wanted to, uh, you know, there's this kind of um, several like design philosophies. One of them is a smaller thing. They want to make these battles uh, much shorter than your, t- you know, this idea of micro battles, they, they call it, uh, than a typical tactical RPG where like you play a fire emblem game and maybe an individual battle takes 45 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, for like a, like a big one with multiple waves. They wanted to say like, what if, you know, this was three or four turns, yeah you know, three, three, three to five turns, mm-hmm. you know, and they ended up in like on five turns, but that also has all these like amazing knock on effects of the game. And yeah. that was in, in favor of making the entire experience something that you could do you know, on a lunch break and have a meaningful gaming experience. Right, right. So when I was going through and doing Four Island and Scenario Win Runs, those would take anywhere between 90 minutes and two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. you know, which is like a super reasonable loop time. Like that is, you know, maybe uh, like, like a day's worth of play done a half hour at a time. Also, this is on the Switch and it's perfect on the Switch. It's so good on the Switch. It's so good. (laughs) You, you can also just do a two island run, yep. you know, and make that, you know, an hour mm-hmm. uh, or so or 45 minutes yeah. uh, fairly easily. So um, early on, they also had this, uh, you know, as we mentioned, and we'll, we'll do to a few times, things were much more complicated. Right. So there's this whole idea of city management and map management. There were back that spread corruption, mm-hmm. the surrounding zones, the longer you waited, there was a very heavy research tech tree. Mm hmm element um and they threw away so this game took a long time to come out this was not a fast follow on ftl um and the reason why is because they were just iterating and removing Mm -hmm. things and uh just that idea of challenging these assumptions like hey we're making a strategy game we have to have a tech tree we like games with tech trees i mean xcom the game that inspired this like a lot of the things that they that they cut out of this were things that yeah were xcom show yeah yeah which is great I uh-huh. love XCOM. Yeah. Like I love the modern XCOMs, mm-hmm. but the, um, they were just like, it's not working and it's, it's not super fun, mm-hmm. you know? So let's, uh, let's get rid of it. <laughs> and like, boy, 
what a fucking choice. Yeah. You know, you know, again, things that we kind of always harp on, but we call out when it is positive. So much is integrated here. Again, back to that elegance, right? Everything is pushing toward this purpose of, you know, being the very considered stripped down um, strategy game that this is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As we mentioned, Chris Avalon wrote, uh, kind of provided the story and incidental dialogue to this, which does provide a flavor mm-hmm. um, to it. It's honestly something that I ignored the entire game. <laughs> um, you know, there's they're the melancholy kind of self-sacrificial note that comes through in the mechanics, like a lot of the time, mm-hmm. is supported by the writing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just so, you know, not necessary, and there's just not a lot to it. There's not enough words in this. Yeah. You know, you get a paragraph at the beginning and, and end of every island, of which there's four and uh, the com- the pilots have a few combat marks. Like there's just not very much text in it. It's a little bit like hiring Michelangelo to design a lawn flamingo. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, it doesn't have this, it has, it's a lot of talent behind something that is pretty incidental to this. Right. Right. However, if it was, if they had hired somebody um, who did poorly at this, there would probably be a lot more of it. And it would probably Kojima. be, it would probably be worse and distracting. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. this, like, you know, I 100% believe that some of that restraint is something that like Chris brought to it. Yeah. You know, like looked at the elegance of the mechanics and thought, how do I just get across these characterizations in a few lines? Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. the, the pilots do have personalities that seem to support uh, their abilities, their, right. their special abilities. Um, even if, you know, after you play for a, a certain amount of time, they just get reduced to their abilities because these are chess pieces. Right. You don't think about, you know, the hopes and motivations of a bishop. Uh, I was I was a, a fucking nerd kid who when I played chess – like if I ran chess games against myself because I had no friends, I would mm-hmm. like make up like stories and voices for the knights and stuff. This is literally the, that string of sentence you said was the satisfying thing I've ever heard in my life from the beginning of it. <laughs> That's why I admitted it. it. <laughs> That's why I admitted it. <laughs> no, I know. Just like, and I've, I've talked about playing Stratego by Stratego by myself, which is not that much better. Right. But just like the beginning, I like how that sentence, uh, playing chess against yourself is already, is just a given. Right. And it like, that's not even the lead. <laughs> yeah. The lead is that you made up stories for the knights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that is, uh, that's a, that's amazing. I, I'm, was no less lonely. <laughs> uh, it's just a very, like, in terms of like an Ernest Hemingway efficiency of, of misery <laughs> kind of quotient. I don't think I had a very unhappy childhood. Uh, it's only when I say it out loud. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, am I miserable? <laughs> we, that, that's the, that's been the, the, the project, the duck feed project. I think once we figure out whether we're sad, we have to stop the network. <laughs> it's all just, it's, it's a uh, masquerading yeah. as video games, criticism and comedy, but really it's just trying to figure out like, are we sad? Yeah. Is this therapy? Yeah. <laughs> we say, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. but, but regardless of which, uh, into the breach, I did not think of the stories for, for these pilots very mm-hmm. often. Yeah. You know, they would, they would do their little bark. It's like, Oh, this guy's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. You're real, you're a real tough cookie. I'm going to call you cookie. <laughs> and then like, like kind of moved on. That was, that was about it. Yeah. For me. Yeah. You say what you think. I like that. No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, because this game does defy our usual approach, um, the way that I structure these notes, Gary, um, is to start by kind of summarizing the broad loop of play. 
mm-hmm. and then break this down into some of the more kind of detail heavy parts. Um, <laughs> you know, and we can comment on specifics if they come up and feel pertinent to the uh, to the point at hand. But yeah, yeah. T- talking about the broad loop seems like a good way to open this up. Yeah, I agree. Um, so every game of Into the Breach starts at HQ. Uh, this is where you pick your squad, which we'll talk about later. This is the most important choice you make in the game. Right. Um, and then you get to choose one pilot. Right. Um, so you have three three mechs, but you have one pilot. And these uh, pilots you unlock in kind of a roguelike style progression mm-hmm. um, as you play. And they all have special abilities. Right. So uh, your squad will have a different kind of specialization. Your pilot will have a special ability or perk, mm-hmm. and then you bring them into the game. Yes. Um, and those abilities that the pilots have will synergize with the kinds of mechs and the kinds of strategies that the different squads um, avail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so you, you pick like one named pilot. There are kind of rando pilots that, that, uh, that you start out with as well. All of them will gain experience and get kind of bonuses. It's only the name pilots who have the special abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And ultimately, the the rando pilots are not very valuable, and you can literally sell them for currency. So, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you mean station them on an island for reputation? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Six of one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like we talked about, the story and structure kind of lend to that roguelike rhythm. When you fail, you start with next to nothing. Like, all you can maintain is you can throw a pilot back uh, back to the future and then send them back so you don't lose the experience. That's ultimately fairly minor um, mm-hmm. in terms of a perk, but it's better than nothing. Um, well, it's also – it's worth uh, mentioning that's also what happens when you win. Yes. So that's 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 failure means starting out with next to nothing. Winning means starting out with next to nothing. Yes. After you've unlocked this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not – it's persistent in terms of like world unlocks and options for when you start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's very little meaningful persistence run to run. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you know, things are randomized, but it's randomized within, um, very tight parameters to the point where the experience doesn't drastically change. Yes. So when we say things, we mean things like, you know, the next world when you go on another run. Right. Um, so the specific mission, you know, the four islands are always the same that you can do, uh, missions on, but the, uh, the specific missions on mm-hmm. those islands and their layout. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll we'll talk about that, how how that visually presents for mm-hmm. people who have never played or having a hard time visualizing that. Yeah. Um, but those are randomized right. each time, which is important. Like that's a you know where randomization is deployed in this game is very important. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, there would be an optimal path, right? You know, and there'd be like the meta, yeah. like what what is the order to do the i you know the second island? What's the meta? Right. On that, as is, you kind of have to make this. Uh, you know, they talk about reducing that strategy layer down to one simple but meaningful choice. Mm-hmm. And this is that, you know, when you're starting your mission, that is that choice. Like, it's mm-hmm. obviously your squad and your pilot, but then what order you do these missions and which missions you choose to actually take on is hugely important. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so you go through the breach and you go back in time uh, to Earth where things are already pretty bad. Like, we didn't talk about this setup, but, like, this is, you know, relatively near future. Uh, climate change has caused the sea level to rise and humanity is kind of confined to these four islands that are ruled over by corporations who are incredibly myopic and destructive. Um, and that mm-hmm. is before the Vex showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then giant, giant bugs show up and make everything a little bit worse. Yeah. So. Um, it, it wasn't until I started making these notes that I realized that Vec and Mech rhyme, 
So add one more onto the classic classic battles of snobs versus slobs and dads versus grads. <laughs> Max versus, Max yeah. versus Vex. Yeah. Max and grads. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, um, yeah, the, 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 the bugs in this game, like it's real weird. Cause I, I realized like as I, I, we were getting ready to play this, I was like, Oh, I don't actually know why there are giant bugs. Mm-hmm. And it just says something that I didn't care uh even remotely right you know like they are not giant bugs to me right they're just mm. they're just goblins they're just you know villains yeah um the uh so the the four islands you have are unlocked in order um but on subsequent runs you can take them on in whatever order you want and the difficulty scales right so we we talked earlier about two island runs versus four three island runs um mm-hmm. after two islands you can choose to face the boss and that difficulty will scale so it will always be appropriate to where you're at right and that is true for, for islands as well. I always do the islands in left to right order. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to. Right, right. So there, yeah. there's nothing nothing convincing you or no compelling reason to do that other than preference and habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and if there's like maybe there like there are certain maps that have um, that have environmental hazards that are difficult for your squad. Um, sure. Yeah, you know, for the for that lineup, so you want to fight. You want to fight relatively weaker back there. You don't want to get there um, when they're when they're incredibly small. It right. never it, it never made too much of a difference for me. There are differences, but I didn't mean to imply there weren't differences in the island. There's big differences, mm-hmm. but they each have their own little kind of quirks. Yes. To yeah. them. Yeah. Um, um, once you choose an island, um, you choose a region of that island. It's it's portrayed a little bit like a risk map. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get a summary of, of the objectives for that island, the rewards and the bonus objectives mm-hmm. for that. And your specific squad will be well suited to different objectives. Right. So you might have a squad that's very defensive based. And if you get an objective that's like sil- kill at least seven mech or seven vec, um, you don't want to do that. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. And getting those bonus objectives is incredibly important to the metagame to Mm -hmm. where almost they are not really bonuses. Right. Um, They're presented as bonus, but if you – you are really setting yourself up for difficulty if you don't at least get all the bonus objectives on the first island you play. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a huge benefit. Yeah, yeah. Those deficiencies will cascade. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, So what's important to know is that uh, your overall health is separate from your mech's collective health. Right. So when you're going yes. in and you're doing uh, you're doing battle, the damage to your individual units doesn't carry over. Um, in fact, it doesn't really matter at all unless that mech is disabled, at which point the uh, the pilot will be killed, which may be a big deal. Could be a run killer if that pilot's ability synergized with your uh, squad, especially well. Or, or even if it's just because once you don't once a pilot is killed, um, the mech is run by AI that cannot level up. Right. So even if it's not a named pilot they still get um or or like unique pilot they still have experience and such and you're still losing that you're still um losing the ability to get that in the future mm-hmm. so it is a big deal to lose your your max but having them be damaged is not a big deal and realizing that that health is a resource is a real like kind of 101 level lesson mm-hmm. that unlocks some of the game for you yeah like to to learn not to care uh, if you're going yes. to take like one or two damage right yep um the overall so losing all your your mechs uh losing all your pilots is a fail condition right the other fail condition is that collateral damage piece right um because the uh the buildings in this game the narrative is that they provide the power that powers the mechs right so um you have kind of a power grid um when a building is damaged um depending uh on the building it will you'll lose bars of this power grid Mm -hmm. um there 
and that carries over from mission to mission. So that does not regenerate. You have to actually get that as a reward mm-hmm. for clearing a mission or buy that with reputation between islands, which we'll, we'll talk about yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. I love this mechanic. I, I yeah. love that it is yeah, that, that um, it, it is ultimately about protecting these buildings um, and mm-hmm. setting up those trade-offs. <clears throat> it's, it's both. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really well balanced because like, you know, the, the I have had times where I will will sacrifice like always you know sacrificing back health is no big deal right but the uh, you ha- it's forcing you to take the long view on some things mm-hmm. like I will uh, in order to get a bonus objective you know I will lose a building right um, I will lose my my main carryover health because I know if I get that bonus objective and I am more strong going into the next island I'm more likely to be able to defeat the final boss mm-hmm. which saves humanity like it's not yeah. only is it um, mechanically very interesting it's thematic it ties in the theme too right you know like making that kind of greater good decision and they do this in a really interesting way at the end of the uh battle you actually get to see the people who live the numbers of people who lived in the building mm-hmm. like they tie that's how, like one little bit of writing in this i think is really really great and it's yeah. not even writing it's just the fact like here, here's the number of people you saved mm-hmm. and that's a big part of the end screen as well yes i mean you know, the, the 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 civilians that you save it ultimately ends up being your score yeah, exactly. You know, the num- the pop- final population of Earth mm-hmm. is is your score of this game, which is that's just like how direct and good is that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Also, direct and good is like when a building falls, it shows you how many people died, um, and mm-hmm. you know, throughout the battle, um, and especially at the start, you'll get little like dialogue balloons, like "Hey, stop crowding the window!" Like people are watching. Yeah, yeah, from from people, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we is interesting is the buildings have a chance to resist mm-hmm. um, this. Um, that was an interesting thing in the GC talk. They talked about how in strategy games, uh, it feels like garbage to uh, have like a dead turn, you know, where it's like, well, I can't do anything about this. Right. You know, um, there's a, there's a vec. He's at the building. I can't get to him in time. Mm-hmm. So they were like, this needs to have some randomness to it. Yeah. Because otherwise, like that would just feel absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, it's one of the very few things that I'm not like that I, I consider to be like a minor critique of the game is that like I don't like how you can start in certain positions where you you can't protect the buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, the Vex spawn in a random place or the, the Vex are there, but they move in a random sense. And because you're limited to spawning on your half of the map, mm-hmm. they can just fuck off and go to a building and always hit it. Yeah. You know, so you won't lose the map. You won't lose the bonus objective, but you might just lose a building. Mm hmm. Um, and that's just, again, you know, that that's part of the cost, right? That's just, that is a consequence that might happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I like the resistance possibility because it is a little bit of a concession that sometimes random, you know, that, that randomness can induce drama, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, just hoping and praying that your attack hits. And then when it does, you know, hit and everything goes well, like that moment where you're holding your breath. Yeah. Um, is incredibly important um, in strategy games for me personally and for a lot of other people based on, you know, talking about talking to people who play XCOM, you know, like well, I only had a 5% chance to hit and I got it. Totally. Like, I mean, that's what that's what XCOM is about. Yes. <clears throat> right. Like th- that's, that's not what this game is about. No, it's no. just a little touch. It, it's like it's they, just they, it's yeah. just a little touch. They're importing that they're they're importing that uncertainty in a really canny way. It's never about your attack on them. The randomness can only work to your benefit. Yeah. Which I think yep. is very important. And you, you just, you don't, you know, you don't know, mm-hmm. like you don't, you don't know whether it's going to happen. 
um, this feel it's what's really interesting um, is it feels very weighted. Mm -hmm. Like it is truly random, but it feels like at those clutch moments, you know, due to selective memory, Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is weighted to actually help me out because I really (laughs) needed it. Right. You know, Um, but it's not. It's actually just truly random. So they they just a real like a a papering over that feeling of just being doomed Mm -hmm. um, by adding something with a lot of a value. Yeah. So love it. Um, yeah, it's super, super good. Mm-hmm. Um, the things you can wit you get from this, um, are grid strength. So that's your overall health. Um, we talked about that's kind of, you know, bringing buildings back to life almost, mm-hmm. um, reputation, which is the thing that I prioritize above everything. Right. Um, that's the currency that you use between islands and then why well, I actually prioritize reactor cores, even mm-hmm. though missions where you can get this are very difficult. Yes. Um, tend to be, uh, and these are your mech upgrade points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Kind of, and kind of that layout, we talked about the random layout, um, you can only hit adjacent zones. Mm-hmm. So if you hit uh, one region, you can only go to the next two regions. Right. And having a path where it is mostly rewards or mostly reputation mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and cores is really advantageous. Right. So that, that's a way that the game gives you a random role that can make your run more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, th- that that map also introduces another factor in choosing your in choosing your mission, uh, because mm-hmm. sometimes you can go into a dead end for a particular mission, but that doesn't actually open up anything else for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, based on what you are dealt at the start, you may pick you may pick a region that doesn't have an optimal mission for you um, in order to open up adjacent ones that might have better things for you to choose from. Yeah, yeah. like rewards you want more or missions that will be more suited to your squad. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. If you uh, once you do four missions on any island, um, you are called back to defend the island's HQ um, because the rush will make or the vec will make an attack. Right. And this introduces the boss units, which are uh, super strong kind of leader units that have special properties mm-hmm. um, and follow different rules. Right. So like the, the these guys, even if they are land based, if you knock them into water, uh, they can still mm-hmm. attack from there, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they have special abilities, um, and it is always a uh, a bonus objective to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, we should mention that the objective um, there will sometimes be a specific objective to the region, like mm-hmm. protect the train, protect uh, you know, or something like that. But those are always bonuses. Mm-hmm. The actual main objective is always survive. Right. Like protect as many buildings as you can and survive. Mm-hmm. And then the bonuses are like protect the train, protect the tanks, knock out the dam, things like that. Right. Um, so at the end of missions, it's just survive, mm-hmm. but it's like, Hey, kill that boss. That's a bonus. Yeah. You know, protect this, this the specific building, the old earth bar or something like that. Right. Uh, the, the, these HQ ones are very funny because you like, you can totally biff it. Like the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the boss enemy can knock down the corporate tower and still be alive at the end and you still go on. Like there's nothing yeah. more for you to do here. Yep. Exactly. Like you just, you fucked it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, life goes on, mm-hmm. um, between islands. There is this section where you can spend reputation, which is the currency in this, in order to buy weapons, um, which include passives, like, uh, you know, buy things you can outfit your max with, mm-hmm. um, grid health at a one-to-one basis, which is why I always like getting reputation rather than grid health, because right. um, they're, they're equal value. And then most valuable reactor cores, which power up your mechs and power your weapons. Right. And such. Yeah. Um, one thing that I love about this, A, you can sell things that are, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And people. <laughs> yep. And people. Yep. <laughs> you can you can deploy <laughs> yeah. them to a region to help out to help clean up and get reputation for that. Um, additionally, items will be on sale. Yeah, uh, which hacks it, into a particular part of my psychology. Well, it also <laughs> just really influences what I you know because in general, like buying weapons 
is a little bit of a risky proposition because mm-hmm. it's expensive. Right. Um, you know, so you're always able to get a, a, a static upgrade to your existing mech for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, a lot of times weapons require power cores to pilot or to power. Yes. So not only do you need to buy the weapon and if you're buying it at full price, which is three reputation, you also had to buy a power core to power it for three reputation. Right. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. So what is on sale almost always determines what I buy. Right. There are very few things I will buy for three. Yeah. Uh, in this game so again that's another random element that actually shapes your run yeah um it's worth saying these weapons that you can buy these are um elements from mechs that you find in other squads so this is a way uh, yeah yeah not always but often yeah um yeah so there's uh there's things from other squads you can kind of make hybrids Mm -hmm. you make your fighter mages essentially um there are also just things that are only available this way right you know, uh, through those, those purchases and some of which are very powerful and some mm-hmm. of which like oftentimes they feel like things that were a little bit too complicated for a base Mac, mm-hmm. you know, um, my, my favorite one of these, just because there's not really a good place to talk about them in total, but did you get the, uh, the wind turbine? No. Um, there's a wind turbine that allows you to use it once per turn and you move every unit in one direction, good every God. unit, yours and the enemies. <laughs> Um, so it's really, it reminds me of playing with a calculator in Final Fantasy Tactics actually quite a bit. Yeah. Um, because you, you have to really be sure about what you're doing. <laughs> right. Um, the, uh, Do you get to pick the direction? Yeah. Okay. Yep. But it's every unit. So it, <laughs> it, it, it will either, you know, oftentimes it's an interesting trade-off where like sometimes you have to send your your unit in the path of a projectile or even sometimes your unit into a building okay. you know, to hurt it, but you can take out three or four back with it yeah that sounds ridiculously um, overpowered and the the first upgrade for it is unlimited uses what uh on the map yeah <laughs> so it's like it is very overpowered but you'd be surprised how often it would actually like fuck you yeah it's yeah. just really interesting as a consideration <laughs> yeah um, most of the ones i messed with were like uh were airstrikes and things like that oh the airstrikes uh, are all the the smoke drop is is something i'll prioritize i'll spend three yeah, on. yeah. Uh, the um, smoke drop is extremely good. Creating little options that would um, that would uh, do shields and things like that. Yeah, well. yeah. Any of the any of the the side tanks are really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something I just want to mention, just because I don't know if it's uh, it's probably in the next section, but it's it's just worth talking about. If this sounds like too much pressure, right? Like you're using mm-hmm. that wind turbine, is you get one rewind. Yes. Um, and that's also uh, something where like any more than that, it would be too easy. Mm-hmm. Without it, it would feel like shit. Yes. You know, it's it's just like a really, really that's that's the proper number of rewinds mm-hmm. you get. Yeah. Yep. So. It just, and that goes that goes back to the beginning of the turn. Uh, we should yes. also say that you uh, you can undo a move, but you cannot undo an attack. Yep. Yeah. So the uh, another kind of one on one lesson is to move all your guys first and plan your moves that way. Mm-hmm. So everyone's in the position they would end up if they did your plan mm-hmm. and then actually execute. Yes. So that is that's something that unlocked a huge kind of like difficulty wall in this game for me is like realizing actually I have unlimited time to plan and the ability to visualize this a lot stronger than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's like in, uh, you know, any, any kind of like chess or checkers game where like, no, I didn't take my hand off the piece so I can move it back. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also in these things. So at the end, before you go into this buy phase, if you completed all of the objectives, mm-hmm. all the bonus objectives, you get to pick a perk. 
um, this can either be some additional grid strength, which you should never pick because you can just buy a reputation, right? Uh, buy that with a reputation, um, a specific weapon, um, or another named pilot, another special pilot, mm-hmm. which you should always pick because then you can sell your old pilot for two reputation, yes, and get a new special ability. Mm-hmm. And that so, pilot will be unlocked for future runs. Yeah. Yep. And even if it's not a pilot I want to use, I always take them. Yes. Because having multiple named pilots, even if it's an ability I don't particularly care for, mm-hmm. they have a special ability, um, they're still, uh, you know, powerful. And I usually will have uh, one pilot I want to get rid of anyway because his level ups uh, gave him uh, a, a plus percentage to grid defense. Yeah. And that's a, a upgrade I don't really care for. No. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about time pods, baby. <laughs> yeah, time pods. So um, every uh, time you start a mission, there's a chance that one of these bad boys is going to be flung back from the future. I will crash land on the map and you need to either um, protect it from the VEC or go and claim it. Move on to its tile in order to mm-hmm. uh, in order to claim what is inside. And what's uh, what's interesting about this. So you'll always get at least one. Mm hmm thing on later islands it feels like you get more you can have a chance of getting more of them yeah you always get one but these are also a weird trap because uh vec don't target these right but in any turn you're going to go pick one up you're not doing you're not advancing the game state yeah so, so mostly, early on like i was like <laughs> good rumor these up but you don't have to rumor them up like right. It they just, just feels like you have to. They just have to be they have, they have to be extant at the end of a turn. The only yes. time that they would be destroyed is if I accidentally boneheadedly damage them. Yeah. Myself. Yeah. And I th- I think that they don't they land on a random tile, but I don't think that they land on uh like there are, there are certain maps where like rockets are taking off mm-hmm. or uh you know the ground like they're you know there are chasms forming. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can land on those. Right. Um I could be wrong about that, but Unless you have to collect them, don't collect them. Right, right. You know. Um, also, the chance for these to show up is um, determined by difficulty. If you're playing on easy, fewer of these will show up than on later difficulties. Mm. Yeah. So if you want to unlock stuff, I mean, these contain pilots and those are permanent upgrades. Incredibly valuable. Um, yeah. You know, you well, want to play They always arcade. have a, a node, yes. a power node. Yeah. And they sometimes have a pilot. Right. Um, yeah. And getting a new pilot is huge. As we mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah. it allows you to sell one of your scrubs, <laughs> uh, and it allows you to get a, a new powerful ability. Yes. So, um, after you've done at least two islands, uh, you can go to the final mission in the volcanic layer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is balanced. So if you go to the, the volcanic layer and you're feeling fairly good about your run, you know, if you maybe if you completed all the objectives and got both the bonus things at the end of both those islands, it will be a reasonable, you know, it's a hard mission. Mm-hmm. It's a good challenge, but you can do it. Yeah. Um, if you wait and get your mechs get more powerful, not only do the islands get more difficult, but the ending will get more difficult as well. Mm-hmm. So the- it might be kind of worth it to to continue to do islands, but you're really taking a risk mm-hmm. doing that as well. Yeah. Um, the way the final mission gets more difficult, you get more enemies and a higher chance of there being the alpha versions of enemies um, mm-hmm. or a higher percentage of kind of varsity level spawns. Yeah. yeah. yeah and varsity level spawn is the captain of the football team in hell. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Versus, versus, versus Malbolgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the only time on microphone that two people said the word Malbolgia at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think me and Will have done that. Malbolgia comes up a lot on that podcast. <laughs> the primary, the primary Malbolgia it's your, cast. It's your source for Malbolgia dues. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you like so, Malbolgia, I'm, I'm 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 getting I'm getting an update here. Um, Malbolgia is still gross. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Mel Bolger, He's uh, he he's he's uh, one of the realest dudes. <laughs> R.I.P. One of the realest ones. You know, way realer than Vindicator. I always thought Vindicator looked like dumb. I don't know anything about no. Spawn besides Spawn and Mel and Mel Bolger. I've already said the three things I know, <laughs> which are Spawn, Mel Bolger, and Vindicator. So, and John Leguizamo, of course, who's one of the Spawns. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, so the final mission. We'll talk about that in specifics. Um, it is designed to stress you out. Yes. It is much more difficult. And one of the, again, like one of those lessons that unlocks some of this game for you is realizing, hey, I only have to survive this. Yeah. Like that is the thing that unlocks the ending for me is that like it is okay if some buildings get hurt at the in the last turn. Mm -hmm. And it is okay if I lose a mech on the last turn because yeah. I just have to make it to the end of this and then I won. A C is so a you, degree. Yeah. Exactly. C's get degrees in the final mission of Into the Breach. So like you end up making a lot of sacrifices you've been trying to avoid the entire time because you're no longer thinking of the long game. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really freeing Yeah. when you get that. That'll also allows for some of those drama moments similar to, you know, the percentage chance on buildings, right? Mm -hmm. Like you get that that feeling of just like, well, OK, I'm going to take my favorite pilot, the one who I love, put him in the path of this, you know, extremely damaging attack because that's going to save the world. Yes. You also get that drama from that. Yeah. When you uh, when you start burning the ships out of desperation, it's always mm -hmm. a good moment. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, once you've done so, the timeline is saved. Your pilots warp out before the volcano blows up. <laughs> and you get to pick one to be your, your main pilot for jumping over to uh, your new timeline. Yeah. Um, this is the one part of the story that I that I really like. Uh, because I had no idea that you would like that once you save the world, the jumping continued um, mm -hmm. canonically. Right. They just and they, they don't even say like, oh, we're saving the world. It's we're stopping the Vec in this timeline. Like they, they never say and everybody retires and has fun and the world is, is saved. No, the future that you're in is always going to suck. You are going and yeah. saving other futures. Yeah, exactly. There's always an earth to save, right. you know, which is an interesting, like, I've never really thought about that as a ethical consideration of time travel. Mm -hmm. Like once you have time travel and have multiverses, mm -hmm. like, boy, not only is Superman like shitty for taking a day off, he's also pretty shitty for, you know, not using the flash to go to the other universes and fixing them all, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yep. Can't save them all. Nope. Um, no. Between these runs, uh, you are going to spend another resource that you've gotten by uh, earning achievements. Uh, you get mm -hmm. coins by doing that. And this is how you unlock new squads. Yes. Um, new groups of problematic bachelors yes. to send into this. Um, yeah. And that is done. Uh, those coins, um, you get those through achievements, as we mentioned. The achievement system in this is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, it is simultaneously like suggest ways to play the game but also kind of straddles the line mm -hmm. between between that and challenge things right so um you'll have um you'll read them and they will say something like you know you have a in the squad we have a mech that has a, a rocket punch that goes across the map mm -hmm. and it's like we'll go across five tiles to yep. hit somebody or kill somebody mm -hmm. and that might suggest to you like if you read those as kind of a tutorial like oh i didn't really think that i could do that yeah you know um i don't think you know it as far as like just the, the tiniest nits in the world I have to pick with this game, like mm -hmm. I don't think that's perfect with this. Right. I don't think that they, they do this perfectly. And specifically, I don't like the challenge run ones. Right. Um, because they take the things that make the game fun and remove them. Like to get the, the coins for that, it's like destroy all the time pods you see. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want, I want to get the, the stuff that's in the time pods because then I get to play <laughs> with the cool toys. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to do the, the Final Destination Fox only version of this. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, like the 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 achievement system is something that feels the most FTL out of this. I think mm. 
Um, yeah. Additionally, again, picking minor nits, uh, picking minor nits with this, uh, I do not like when you go to um, uh, unlock the squads that you do not know what they are. I mean, yeah. obviously, that's just uh, you know you go onto the internet and you look up a diagram of what squads are where or what costs mm-hmm. what, but like. I don't know, like after all the low hanging fruit achievements are gone, you're going to be investing. A, I mean, this, this is what happened with me. I ended up investing a lot of time doing these esoteric achievements with yeah. other squads in order to get the five or six that I needed to unlock those really powerful ones. Right. Yeah. Or, they're, you know, they're powerful or they're just kind of later on the thing. Yeah. You know, because they the idea is with these squads, and we'll get to this when we talk about them specifically, is that they're balanced. They're just different play styles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not been my experience. Right. Like, I really do feel like there are squads that are very powerful and ones that are, you know, possibly powerful but are very difficult to use. Like, maybe right. they have a powerful late game. Mm-hmm. Um, for a game that I was obsessed with and have, have played so much of, um, I don't have the secret squad. I don't have all the achievements. Mm-hmm. And there are squads that I do not have all three islands. Right. Um, all, all three different kinds of victories with because they were just so hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I play this game a lot. Yeah. You played this um, when you were bedridden with your shoulder injury, right? Yep. I, yeah. play, I started with Dead Cells and I was like, this is fun. But I, I kind of put in my 20 hours. And I was done. Mm-hmm. And then I tried Iconoclast, which I don't think is a good game. Mm-hmm. And I stopped playing that. And then I was like, oh, wait, OK, here we go. <laughs> and then it was just all into the breach all the time. Yep. So, uh <laughs> It was, uh, it was, in, I'm not going to say it was a good time because I was in constant pain. Uh, and I, and I, I smelled like a, um, you know, like the, the corpse's diaper, <laughs> but like the, I'm like, it was, uh, you know, it was at least distracting and good. Yeah. talk about the intricacies of battle yep because there's a lot here (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and it's it's kind of weird to say that there's a lot here because you talk about how pared down everything is everything is about Mm -hmm. these interesting interactions right yes yep um so battles take place on this very like cute uh and again helps me not feel like this is a mech game (laughs) um eight by eight grid where it looks like little kind of just again like chess pieces Mm mm-hmm you know, everything is very modular. It looks like um, it looks like a board game. Yeah. And one thing I've thought about with this game many times is that, like, the board game influence of this is very, you know, it's stated by the devs. It's very uh, easy to see. And this would work as a board game just mm-hmm. fine. It, it'd like, be kind of a pain to keep track of different stuff. But yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, I, there are board games that are more of a pain. Yes. You know, like it, it, the uh, the arms race of being a pain to take care of shit in uh, board games has keep as kept increasing i'm, I'm side-eyeing so you gloom gloomhaven yeah, exactly like it is it is such a pain to take care of this stuff like in a post arkham horror world i can <laughs> i can keep track of the health of these little these vex yeah yeah <laughs> yep so. yeah um but no i just like so it's weird because the eight by eight grid you see the entire thing the the, the camera never zooms um, it mm-hmm. is always right there on the screen. It looks very static. And that, I think, makes it feel more manageable than if there were, you know, gigantic cinematic zooms and such. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the idea of this being a miniature, a miniature game is is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and these these layouts will have these. The maps are all designed; they're not random. Mm-hmm. Which ones you get are random, but they are they're designed from from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have a certain layout of civilian uh, buildings, which obviously we you know we talked about the importance of protecting those. Um, they'll have mountains, um, water, uh, sometimes kind of just chasms, yep. things like that. There'll be kind of different properties to the to the tile. Forest tiles, which mm-hmm. have uh, an importance to them. Sand tiles which have an importance to them, which we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, but they, they have this kind of very specific layout on this very small scale. Right. Yeah. And your goal, like we said, is to protect those civilian buildings um, and keep your power grid up. I love when you fail that, like, uh, just one vac, like, just blows a whistle and says, party time, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then just exactly, every yeah. free tile is taken over by a vac tumbling out of the crowd. Yeah, they, they all, everybody plays this club cranium. Um, <laughs> hey, and then, hey, Gary, what the fuck is that from? Because I've Googled, uh, I've Googled it and I have no idea what it is. It's a, it's a, from the board game Cranium. Oh, okay. So I know, the, the, uh, I know, the, I know the board game Cranium. I've never heard the phrase, everybody plays this club cranium. It's a so uh, that it's the first line on the card for a club cranium card, okay. which is uh, every team does it. Okay. Um, so like there's there's things where it's just you and your partner. You pick a thing, and, yeah. you and your partner. It's like okay, well I'm gonna do charades or win lose or draw. Yeah. But then if it's everyone, it says everyone plays this club cranium. Uh, <laughs> you know, close your eyes and yeah. And you know what? It's all a change in the emphasis. <laughs> because oh, yeah. you're you're saying it like it's a slogan all the time, and I've yeah. just kind of laughed and nodded along when I when, when I read that card. It's like everybody plays this club cranium. <laughs> That's a lot of gravitas for cranium. Yeah. <laughs> you're inserting a lot of ellipses in there, man. <laughs> you, don't have to go, um, you don't have to go all Stone Phillips on this fucking cranium game, Cole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. Well, they they count the rest of the story. Um, that's so, how they play the rest of the cranium. Okay, thank you, thank you for clarifying yeah. because I've done Google searches and nothing came up. It's weird that it doesn't come to me. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's where that's from. Okay, sorry to, uh, to grind no, everything no. to a halt. I just I need it's a clarification. A, it's quite all right, you know, and it made me think about cranium, which is still a fun game. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the each battle is limited to a very small number of turns. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, um, and the, uh, after those turns run out, the mission is over, you know, successful, regardless whether you complete the optional goals, you know, um, or whether the Vec were destroyed. They retreat mm-hmm. at, at that point. So that's as long as you have to survive. Yes. Um, you have three mechs. And during each of your turns, the mech can move once and do one action with a couple of exceptions. Yes. The, like very depending, rare on, exceptions. depending on pilots and things like that. Um, note the order. Move and then attack. You cannot attack and then move. Yes, uh, except for one pilot who can. Right, but you know there are these little exceptions and stuff. But in a general sense, yeah, uh, that's how it works. How it works. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vec uh, are already there when you get there, mm-hmm. um, and they it shows you what they are going to do first. Right, they move first. Uh, they move, and then their your whole thing kind of interrupts their attack. Like you're very reactionary in this. Mm-hmm. So uh, they go up to a building. They say, "I'm planning to attack this building. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it?" <laughs> it's voiced it's voiced they got joe yeah, pesci in uh yeah, what are you do stop me it's yeah. cam clark has all the rules <laughs> yep the um yeah yeah he's vet come four times a day um yes. <laughs> so, so it gets all over the place they're the size of buildings yeah. god damn it uh no uh so you are interrupting their attacks uh their attacks don't happen until after you take their turn or after you take your turn so you know you you, you are reactive 
Um, you can be proactive if you get an advantage on the numbers. Uh, mm -hmm. The primary way to be proactive is to stop spawns, which I have here a little bit later, but it's worth talking about kind of the number advantage and the, you know, the hockey penalty uh, yeah. kind of side of this. It's the, it's really the only way you can be proactive is stopping spawns. Yes. Because otherwise they're yeah. always going to go and give you their plans, mm -hmm. you know, and just telling you what those plans are. That's something you, that's the, you know, again, we talked about that perfect information being the revolutionary part of this. Like mm -hmm. in XCOM, you don't really, you can maybe guess what like an XCOM unit might do, you know, like, oh, like I, I left this person open or like I'm playing a Divinity Original Sin right now. And I'm right. like, well, they're, they're going to target my healer. Right. My healer is fairly exposed. They have an AI to do that. I can guess that they can do that and kind of work around it. Here, there's no guess. Right. They, they walk up and you interrupt their action. So um, that's the fulcrum on which this game rests. Yeah. Um, so, uh, your turn, it is fundamentally defensive play. Mm -hmm. Your, uh, position, your goal every turn is to stop them from doing, you know, triage, look at the most harmful things they, they want to do mm -hmm. and prevent them as best you can. Right. When you are almost always outnumbered, mm -hmm. like if you had one mech to every, every vec, <laughs> most mechs have a way of dealing mm -hmm. with that. If you had vec mech parity, yes. uh, parity. Uh, you you could do that, but you usually don't, mm -hmm. you know, so you have to kind of make these interesting choices and stretch your resources and use them cleverly mm -hmm. um, in order to uh, neutralize the attack. Right. Um, ideally, obviously, you, you'd you want to kill the, the Vec. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't, you can very easily get overwhelmed, you know, right. um, but uh, if you can't do that, you have at least have to stop their attack. Right. And you stop their attack by moving the enemies around. You know, yes. most attacks uh, have the, the ability to knock enemies, um, you know, back a space, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is incredibly important. And this is how you can kind of magnify your force because, yes. you know, sometimes a projectile will um, displace everything that is adjacent to it, kind of in the one unit cross around them, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when something is knocked, if they run into something, it damages that unit and whatever it runs into, be it a mountain, be it another mech, or be it a building. Right? Yes. So you're, you're just doing amazing work. Like the, the cleverness in this game comes from finding efficiencies. Yes. Like how can I do more with less? What can I do um, with you know this one attack that does that cross pattern thing? How can I inconvenience and stop the most back? And can I do it from while standing on a tile that blocks them? Yes. You um, know, something like that. Like, Can, I, can I turn enemy attacks them? against each other? Yes. You know, can I, if I move this, uh, this vec this way, he'll not hit the building. But if I move him this way, he'll not only not hit the building, he'll hit this other vec. And if I check the turn order, he'll kill that one before it can move. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just cannot overstate how fucking cool and satisfying that is. Yes. Um, it is so fun. <laughs> Conceiving of a plan and having it go perfectly is yeah. incredibly satisfying. And I think that um, a huge part of that is the simplicity of the game. There are relatively few factors to keep in mind, right? You can mm -hmm. kind of hold the entire possibility space in your head and work yes. out the dependencies. Like, yeah, you can move stuff around and see roughly where it goes, but it is easy to set up the pieces to knock down. Well, and it's very easy to read at a glance. Yes. Like initially these will not, you know, you may not have your, your team, your squads, uh, verb set internalized, nor will you be able to read a VEC, mm -hmm. but you'll grow to. Yeah. Like one of the levels of mastery of this game is being able to look at it at a glance and be like, okay, these are, this is my, my possibility space mm -hmm. because I have, uh, these things are simple enough 
that uh, I can, I just know what my options are Yeah, kind of right off the bat. Um, great. Just, just, <laughs> like, just super wonderful. Yeah. As a, as a thing. And that cleverness um, has a vast number of ways it can express itself. So not only are you making mechs or vex hurt each other, you're pushing them onto spawn points, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, pushing them into water, things like that. Uh, pushing them into clouds of smoke, which stop their attack, but don't hurt them unless you're a specific squad, et cetera, et cetera. But also you're balancing this against your long-term goals because if you don't kill Vec, you don't get XP. Right. And your your primary goal is to protect, you know, accomplish your goals and protect buildings. Mm-hmm. But if you're not powering up your squad, you're going to have a harder time later as well. You're going to fall behind the curve. So like the 101 lesson is always blocks spawns and then the, the 201 lesson is sometimes block spawns <laughs> right you know realize that uh and also the game will give you more spawns the more you block like more uh-huh. spawn points yeah it eventually the the vec will find their way out it, it feels like um pushing you know uh a, a boat is leaking and you're you're putting your thumb on the thing and the new leaks start it's the uh you it's know? it's the dam in vegas vacation yes exactly yeah so yeah <laughs> that that universal reference that everybody understands because I keep mm-hmm. making it. Well, you didn't say the boy with the finger in the dike, which I I I always never... feel bad saying that. Like, yeah, I, I don't. You know, I understand. It's just you know, words change meaning and stuff. Yes, yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, like we said, you're trying to reduce this collateral damage either through your splash damage, um, or through the uh, through the uh, you know, knocking somebody into something. Um, mm-hmm. you know, ideally, you want to knock it back into another vec. Um, you know, kind of the next pass would be knocking the back into a mountain. Uh, this does extra damage, um, and gets you closer, uh, to, you know, getting that piece off the board. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that does cut both ways, right? You know, like you don't want to uh, run it into a building and also you don't want an enemy's attack to knock another enemy into a building or yeah. you into yep. a building. Yep. You have to consider all of those things. Yeah. Uh, as you as you play, mm-hmm. um, we mentioned uh, the buildings have a chance of resisting damage. This is something that you can manipulate. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a thing that you can if you max out your grid and buy more grid, mm-hmm. it does this. It's also something that can be a level up for a unit. Um, right. It is weak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really like getting this as a level up. I don't really like paying for it. Yeah. Um, because it's unreliable and you start at 15% mm-hmm. and it, uh, you know, the most I think I ever had it was 30%, right. which is the first percentage in which it feels even a little bit meaningful. <laughs> you know, it feels like even likely enough to, to, to bank on it all, to strategize around. Yeah. It's mostly there so you can have those Hail Marys Yes, uh, that we mentioned before. It's a little bit, um, you know, again, these synergies and coincidences by what we play at the same time. It feels an awful lot like unseen aid from Sekiro to me. Yeah, except it except it matters. Yes, <laughs> you know, like get, like getting that unseen aid. If you're playing Sekiro right, yeah, you don't rely on unseen unseen matter, aid. Yeah. You know, yeah. So no, that is that is a, a very missed potential mechanic in that game. I think. Yep. Um, different yeah. shop, different shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, so the uh, the numbers. It's really worth noting that the numbers for this are very small. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a great you know bit. Uh, in the GDC talk, he talks about that and he says, you know, the reason why this is important is because um, you can make really big changes with just a, a tiny nudge. Right. Like if something does, if you're, if the most HP, any of the, the, the characters have is, is, you know, I think five is what the, the Vec, the champion Vex mm-hmm. max out at, then moving from doing one damage to two damage is huge. Right. You know, um, and that just allows you to make kind of small nudges and kind of do these, these big incremental 
big incremental changes. Mm-hmm. See also the perpetual like waft discussion of Baldur's Gate versus Dragon Age, like a plus one versus a plus two sword instead of a plus 0.03 frost damage. <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah. Um, it just, it, it, it's huge. It's great. Yeah. The small numbersness, I think, um, kind of aids in that point that I made before about, um, kind of holding all the variables in your head. Absolutely. Right? You just, I just know this guy does two damage. Um, and even without, you know, seeing the indicator, uh, you know, with those, with those health bars blinking down there, I can just understand by surveying the field, um, what can be most effective. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, once that feeling of this feeling like tabletop, like this is damage that could be kept track of with glass beads. Absolutely. Like, yeah. even if it was like pinball numbers, like even if it was effectively the same as this, mm-hmm. you know, you were doing uh, 10,000 damage and then you can up your thing to 20,000. It mm-hmm. would just be harder to conceive of. Right. Right. You know, because humans be are bad at orders that? of magnitude. Yeah. Because, and as we should be, like, we don't conceive <laughs> of, of, of large numbers of things because that's not our sensory experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, uh, if there'd be no point in having it like do that, like that feels like such a good trimming away because maybe the point would be this would feel like, oh, you did this huge damage number, you know, and that feels good, but it wouldn't add anything practically and getting rid of it adds a lot practically, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so extremely good. Yeah. Um, there's no percentage to hit. As we mentioned, attacks are always successful. Mm-hmm. So they might have uh, consequences you don't know. Yeah, that that gets tricky. Um, like success, you can fuck yourself over with an attack if you do not uh, if you do not take its consequences into uh, into account. But it will mm-hmm. always do what it says it's going to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can, as we mentioned, uh, block spawning. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, you'll see little cracks in the earth. That's when the vec are going to show up, and it will just tell you this is where a vec will come. Mm-hmm. Um, if you park your your mech there, um, you can also put other things there. But we'll you know that's a little bit more esoteric. But if you park your mech there. The Vec won't spawn. You'll take one damage. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, when, I, when I first found out you could do that, I was like, yes, I need to be doing this constantly. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, you want to be very judicious with this mm-hmm. um, because uh, not only are you cheating yourself out of that XP, but you will eventually get overwhelmed as more spawn points open yes. up. Additionally, there are some goals where you need to kill five, seven Vec. Um, and if you're blocking all the spawns, like that doesn't count as a kill. Yes. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're balancing this meter like – um, you don't want to get too many vec. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it is very useful to, to block a spawn because you're going to get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the first turn um, you were able to push everyone around, but you weren't able to clear the board at all. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a whole new wave of vec at that point is hugely problematic. Right. Um, so it's a good time to block them. If you're doing great, if you only have one vec on the board, mm-hmm. come join the party. Yeah. Like come on vex, <laughs> come at me. Cause I'm, I'm going to murder you. And also I'm going to not get overwhelmed later. Yeah. Um, you have to ride that throttle very carefully and you have to mm-hmm. do it while, you know, because you only have three characters in this, that again, the perfect number, right? Like right. when I make comparisons to Tetris, it's because there are so many things in this game where if you add or subtract anything, mm-hmm. it would fail. Like Tetris wouldn't work with five, five square pieces, mm-hmm. you know, the same way it's too complicated or right. three too simple. Three is the perfect number of mech for this because if you uh, blocking that spawn point as an action is if that's the only thing your, your mech does, mm-hmm. that's a very inefficient turn. Right. Like you need to maximize efficiency mm-hmm. with this. So when you get to that point where maybe you're getting overwhelmed and you need to make sure the next wave is gentle, um, you have to make a there's a big cost to that. Again, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, you're making. Yeah. And so like everything happens in ratios, right? You have three you have three mechs. They're probably anywhere between like five and seven buildings you need to defend mm-hmm. on a map on a possibility space of, you know, 64 tiles, you know? 
Right. Um, everything is kind of in proportion to each other. Um, and, you know, you want to make sure that there are not so many VEC that you cannot, um, you know, save every building they decide to attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. simplicity of proportion. It's very good. Yeah. Everything's very. boiled down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So if your mech runs out of HP, um, it gets disabled and the pilot dies. Uh, this means mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's replaced with an AI, uh, who cannot gain, uh, any experience, um, and also doesn't have the, uh, latent abilities or perks of a named pilot mm-hmm. or a high XP generic pilot. Um, and it puts you down, you know, uh, like again, back to that ratio it puts you down one, um, in this mission when you could also, you know, have been outnumbered anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's if you have a healing ability, um, you can bring Max back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like the core loop of one of the squads. Yes. Um, but also, uh, and anything that tracks damage. So this kind of moves into the next point, um, or one of the the future points is that you know you might have a goal or a bonus objective that's take very little damage. Mm-hmm. That's aggregate damage over the course of the the mission. Mm-hmm. You can take more than that damage early on and then heal. Yeah later and reduce that number yeah that you've taken we didn't really talk about this but um a good number of the mechs uh have the ability to forego an attack and um repair they all do depending on the pilot yeah so a, a couple one pilot replaces or uh two pilots mm-hmm. replace that action with something else but everyone else can heal right so um and that heal uh also works on environmental hazards which we'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. uh, a little bit later um because they tend to be specific to islands so um, we mentioned the the research, reset. You can reset one turn per battle. Mm-hmm. Um, one pilot gives you an extra reset. Um, and this uh, the visual effect of this is great. It just kind of <laughs> highlights like the toy, toy-like nature of this, you know, like the pieces on a board. Yeah, it causes a ripple of the tiles. Um, and yeah. I love the comments that happen because the CEO, your handler, is like, hey, there was a blip on the sensor. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's because you because you fucked up. Yeah. You know, you lost something. You can only do that once per, per mission. Mm-hmm. Um, worth uh, worth considering. Yeah. And being very careful about when you use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also not wasting it, too. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. not not um, wasting it by not using it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if, if you uh, if you don't need it, great. But mm-hmm. if you even if you did something kind of suboptimally and you're near the end of the thing, might as well mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. Um, we talked about if you complete every bonus objective on every island, um, you get to choose that reward. Uh, which is very important. Yeah. And uh, again, islands are worrying about environmental hazards, but they are really important. Mm-hmm. And very notably, they work against everybody. So they impact you and the enemy. Right. Um, there are some of the of the hazards that are kind of universal across them. Um, so we can talk about uh, we talk about those. Uh, so you got mountains uh, that kind of impede movement, impede progress, but they can be destroyed. They've got two uh, two HP. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's water, which will kill uh, ground-based vec. Um, uh, you know, flying vec are not really uh, are, are not really bothered by it. Um, however, if you have a ground-based mech and you're standing in water, you will not be able to attack. Yes, because you're you're waterlogged. Yep. Um, so that's uh, that's important. Yeah. You know, uh, staying out of that water. Um, there are also environmental attacks that inflict kind of a status. Mm-hmm. Um, there, luckily, there are very few of these. Yeah. You know, this also could have gotten out of control if there were a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Um, fire is very important. No. So uh, if 
a unit is on fire, they take damage every turn. It's the first thing that happens in a turn. Yep. So if a unit has one HP and they're on fire, they will die before they get to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, healing will will remove any status effect, but include this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you attack a unit that has a forest tile on it, which comes later, but this is just worth yeah. mentioning, you can set things on fire tactically, mm-hmm. um, including spawn points. You can make <laughs> Vec show up on fire. Yep. Uh, which is the worst way to show up. I know, right? Like fashionably on fire. <laughs> I can't say how many power, how many parties I ruined, I ruined by showing up on fire. Fashionably immolated. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, um, yeah. the dress is fire. I know. No, no, no. no. Sorry. I call, that call the authorities. Yeah, sorry. I think I was um, unclear. Um, ice is really interesting mm-hmm. in this. Um, so the, the uh, unit cannot do anything, uh, but you can attack it and it kills the ice, not the unit. Right. And buildings can have this uh, this status affliction as well. Buildings cannot be set on fire. Right. Both those things, again, very small delineations that make huge differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ice is the cornerstone of what I think is the most overpowered squad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite as well. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, and then there's ACID, which for some reason is an acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, yep it's like a nickelodeon product from the 90s yep uh and you can see gary in the notes where i eventually stopped doing the periods yeah <laughs> <Just> typing, <laughs> yeah, it is, yep. typing a dot c dot i is a pain um acid is a pain as well um it is very fortunate that it works against your enemies too uh because what happens is if you're covered with this gunk you take double damage from direct attacks you take double weapon damage mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it's something that um some of the uh uh Units or, or a squad you have are mostly about putting this on enemies, mm-hmm. you know, so it is something that affects everyone. Um, but it, it you know, it, it's, it's not like a bonus that it affects enemies as well. Like it is something that like you're incentivized to do. Yes. That, that sticks people with as well. Mm-hmm. I just went on the wiki trying to figure out what acid stood for and I cannot find it. And that's <laughs> enough for me. I don't I'm, know why I'm positive that the first day stands for acidic. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on, Avalon. Uh, <laughs> the C stands for Sea Boy. Yeah, <laughs> acidic Sea Boy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyhow, uh, let's talk about the uh, the Vex. Let's talk about Vex, baby. Yep, let's talk about you and me. Mm-hmm. Talk about all the bug things and the bad things that can be. Let's talk about Vex. Um, so different Vex kind of require different strategies to attack and different combinations uh, can kind of spread spread you very thinly across the map. Right, right. Uh, depending on the, the kind of Vex. They have three basic attacks, um, which is a projectile, a punch, or a lob. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are spread out amongst different types of, of Vex. Yes, and the different Vex also kind of fall into different tiers. Uh, you know, you've got maybe uh, a unit that does a very basic form of attack, and then later on, you'll encounter something that kind of complicates that or enhances it. Yes. Um, this used to be more complicated. It's one of the things that they cut out from the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a color code where it added push mm. to all the Vex attacks, and they realized, like, actually, this is impossible to internalize on glancing. Yeah. So now it is extremely rare. Only one enemy does it. Right. Uh, pushes you in the game. For the better. So. Yeah, for the better. Like you being pushed is 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 too much, and it's you know this game presents the idea that you the odds are stacked against you, and then you realize as you gain mastery over it, like you're actually much more powerful mm-hmm. than the fact, and that movement and positioning is your secret weapon. Yes. Yeah. Um, so like we talked about, there are these tiers. The weaker enemies are going to spawn on early islands. Stronger uh, bugs are going to show up on the later islands that you go to. Um, in addition, there are stronger versions of these enemies called alpha versions, 
um, that will sometimes pop up in place of the regular version. Mm hmm. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about these enemies. Yeah, our good friend, the humble blobber. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this thing sucks. It does. Uh, uh because so this sends you, so puts a blob out on the uh, the screen that if you don't destroy it, it will explode in a cross pattern, yeah. and it obviously puts these next to buildings. Anything that you have to deal with a separate spawn instead of dealing with the vec itself. Mm-hmm exponentially complicates things yes. because of move economy mm -hmm. because you're going to move to that attack it and guess what the thing that made that projectile is still there yeah yeah yep big problem mm -hmm. yeah so do not care for these guys one bit they are kind of categorized as a weaker enemy but they are always a high priority target Yes. Um, yep. Scorpions are a real pain in the ass, not as big of a pain in the ass as the Leaper, uh, but these are relatively weak enemies who will web you up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Which means that, like, you can still attack, uh, but you can, you know, only, you can't move, essentially. Yes. Yep. Um, anything will interrupt this. Mm -hmm. So any push on either unit or damage on either unit will end this, mm -hmm. this effect. And that's, like, very, very important because you can get two of these. And web up two of your units. And mm -hmm. then it becomes this order of operations where your free unit, instead of dealing with its own vec, maybe frees one of your, your other mechs that then frees the other one and hopefully does some efficiency with it. Yeah. yeah. But this can really fuck you over. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are still webbed up at the end of your turn, then they will do damage to you and then go web up something else uh, on the yes. next one. Yeah. Yep. They hold you in place like, like corn cob holders. Yeah. Like how corn cob holders web a corn cob. <laughs> you can then later do damage to it with your teeth. Never thought about so. how Spider Man would eat corn on the cob. <laughs> You'd probably just lift up his mask. Probably. You know? Just, just <laughs> Spider Man hang, hanging upside down in a corner, noisily, noisily mowing yeah. down on a cob. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, you know how if you eat uh, chicken wings? Like your fate, like you look like you devoured an infant. Yeah, you know, like like you have that like carnage look. Uh -huh. Same thing happens with the co eating corn on the cob. Yep. It's just like a it's like a vegetable carnage. <laughs> like it also looks very carnal. It's like one of those carnal vegetables you can eat. Am I am I a communist because I uh, because I cut the corn off the cob and then eat it that way? I don't think it makes you a communist. I think it makes you a pussy. I don't I don't think it does anything. I it's uh it depends. I think that the issue is like it. I don't eat. Why would you eat corn on the cob at home? That's the like, thing. Just yeah. eat, you just eat corn. If you're at the fair, you want to eat off the cob because of convenience. Right. Right. You know. So I just don't, I don't make corn on the cob at home. Mm, yeah. Uh, I cut it off before I cook it. Mm, yeah. Make a nice corn salad or something. Yeah. Uh, fireflies. Uh, these are pretty direct. Actually, they shoot projectiles in straight lines. Um, these get a little bit dangerous and complicated movement because they the projectile can travel straight all the way across the map. Mm -hmm. uh, which means yep. you either have to knock them off to the side or you need to step in the way and intercept the attack. Yep. Yep. Um, or move them so they hit something you want them to hit. Yes. Um, leapers are these kind of mantis-like creatures that can jump anywhere on the map mm -hmm. uh, and then will land next to something and web it. Yeah. Um, so either you or a building. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like the uh, the scorpions that web you. Um, the, one difference is the um, the score, the balancing thing is the scorpions have three health mm -hmm. and the leapers have one. Right. Usually, like the base versions. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're balanced in that way, but they are a big pain. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a huge deal. Like, you know, part of the maneuvering game is blocking progress. Um, yes. And the leapers, you know, they can, they can just go anywhere. It does, they, they do not have to trace a direct line uh, yep. to end up where they need to end up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, you got beetles. 
Uh, these guys are not so much dangerous on the attack, although they can be. I hate them because they are uh, very durable. They've got yeah. a high base HP, uh, which means mm-hmm. they stick around for multiple multiple turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the only uh, unit that can push you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that charge is really like interesting though, cause you can, one of the, it's, it's very satisfying to push them. So they charge themselves into water, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, it's a, uh, you're, you're, you're playing Toro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get them charged into a wall of water. Yep. Uh, scarabs, uh, are similar to, you know, the, the hornet that shoot, except they, they lob a projectile. Mm-hmm. So it goes over things. Yep. Um, so like an art- artillery. Um, and the ratio between their target and themselves always stay the same. So if you move them to the left, their target moves to the left as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can push something in that or you can move them to attack something you want. But it also means that if they're attacking a cluster of buildings, moving them one unit is still probably in that cluster. Right. So Yeah. So you, um, in that case, you would want to push them forward or back. Yes. Yeah. Um, understanding that is kind of key to managing these guys. They end up being very like kind of the easiest to neutralize because you can put, you can push them in any, any direction to, uh, yep. to, to be effective. And they only have two HP as, right. as their base versions. Yeah. Um, so. crabs are like an upgraded version of the scarabs. They, uh, will hit a one by two rectangle. Uh, so they mm-hmm. can hit two things at the same time. So like one push forward or back might not be the difference. You know, they could still be hitting something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, centipede, like the, the song of the same name, mm-hmm. um, these shoot directly, uh, similar to the firefly, except they deal damage in three tiles and they apply acid to them. These guys so these suck. things are bad news, uh, cause the, they, uh, they can take out multiple buildings in one strike. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is get them to shoot past the thing that they are aiming at, um, so that, uh, they will not apply the, uh, the, the, the three, uh, the three tile damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or um, send buddy send send somebody up uh, to intercept the projectile, so the splash damage will hit other vec and apply acid. Yeah, and that that's a that that vec is then doomed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, hornets. These guys are pretty basic, but they're a flying unit. They attack you know one square in front of them. Uh, the upgraded versions will attack kind of a wider swath or a longer swath of stuff. Uh, flying mm-hmm. units are not affected really by um, terrain except for smoke. Yes. Uh, diggers are annoying and feel very rare to me. Yeah. Um, I don't see these guys very often. Um, they move to a tile, they burrow to it, and then when they pop out, uh, they surround themselves on each side with a boulder, except for if there's already a building or thing there. Mm-hmm. They kind of protect themselves. Um, and then uh, on the next turn, they'll attack all four things. Mm-hmm. You know, So you have to break through their boulders um, to get to them directly. Right. So, um, kind of a pain. And like I said, feels very rare to me. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't see them very often. Yeah. So um, it's, it's usually like a, like a two, a two action, uh, thing to deal with them because you need to knock one of the boulders out of the way and then push it, uh, then push the yeah. digger itself off to the side. Yeah. And as we mentioned, you know, you have three actions per turn, right? You know, so that's, that's a, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what's came out for a second on scions, because these are really interesting and, uh, you know, a high priority target. Uh, yes. High priority would be the way I would describe them uh, because they will mess you up. These are buffs and debuffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the big floating, old flying squid guys. Yep, brain bugs <laughs> uh, fl- floating around and they will give uh, every enemy a buff, mm-hmm. um, including some that are just like huge pains to deal with. Yeah. And kind of, uh, you know, the, the knock on effects are not initially seen. Like, in my early game, a lot of my rewinds were not prioritizing these guys and having uh, 
uh, Vec blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one of these that makes uh, Vex volatile, which means when they die, they blow up. Yep, the Blast damage Ion. all around them. Yeah. Get the Blast Ion, which is a huge pain. Mm-hmm. Um, the Regen Scion, you know, pretty obvious. Uh, the Armor Scion, real, you know, real obnoxious. Yeah. You know? Uh, Soldier Scion ends up being the... Um uh being kind of like not that big of a deal to deal with uh Mm -hmm. because that just increases the the max hp by one when the when Mm -hmm. when they're out on the field not insurmountable the 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 shell scion ends up being a problem because especially early in the game you're not gonna be seeing a lot of them early in the game but if you're not leveling stuff up if you have an attack that only does one damage uh all of a sudden it does zero damage yeah yep yep um and what's interesting i didn't learn this until uh i was doing research for the show is that the amount of health an enemy has when you kill them is actually how much uh, XP you get. Mm-hmm. So there's like an advanced level strategy, if you're able to do it, is leave mm-hmm. the ones that buff their HP alive, mm-hmm. you know, if you have enough damage to kill an enemy, yeah. because that overkill uh, will give you extra XP. Mm-hmm. So did not know that. Yeah. Uh, there's one called the Scion Tyrant that I only ever encountered in the uh, the Volcano Hive. That's the um, only time he, he shows up. Okay, cool. I didn't know if he popped yeah. up elsewhere. Uh, and this guy uh, is a real dick because at the end of a turn, he will just do one damage to every uh, mech on screen. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, he's he's, he's got to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we'll talk about the boss uh, boss babies. But the uh, the boss baby that has all the effects <laughs> is uh, – and a lot of HP because these guys only have two HP. No. Yeah. Um, ever. Right. Uh, there are no champions, luckily. Because if you, uh, you know, you can usually, you know, generally you can count on fairly early on to be able to do two HP with at least one of your guys. Yeah. Um, it's high for the beginning, but like, you know, it's, it's still doable. Right. Um, but later when they you know, the boss version has four HP mm-hmm. plus a bunch of other stuff. That is a nightmare. Also a nightmare. Uh, spiders. These are mini so, bosses. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Like anything that gives you other things to deal with. And this gives you multiple other things to deal with mm-hmm. um, is just a huge deal. Um, you know, because you're splitting that turn economy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so these uh, pop up. They throw out little web sacks that contain eggs. If the eggs are still alive at the end of the turn, they turn into these spiderling enemies that have a, a one tile melee attack and only have one HP. But they can but, still damage buildings. Yep, exactly. That's all they need. Yeah, you know that that does it all. Um, and they produce two to three of them, mm-hmm. um, which is just a big deal. Like if you're not, if you don't have an attack that has an AOE at all, mm-hmm. if you can't deal with multiple ones of these at once, uh, these things will fuck you. Yes. Um, I forget. Do, does the base model do this base model? Fuck me. Uh, does yeah. the, does the base unit do this or is it just the boss version where if an egg lands next to a unit, it webs them? Um, I think that's just the boss version. Okay. Fuck that. So yeah, that, that's, that's really rough. Like, yes, I wanted to kill this egg, but I did not want to do it. Let, do, let me do it. My I, I, I didn't need another constraint. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, really, really tough enemy, and mm-hmm. luckily also fairly rare. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, an enemy that I think uh, was meant to be a lot more uh, uh, c- c- kind of dangerous than it came across uh, is the burrower. Mm-hmm. Um, these can pop up in any free space, and they will attack a three wide area in front of them. All you have to do is do a single, a single damage to them, and they will go away. Mm-hmm. Th- these are like an interesting trap. Like yeah. These uh, the idea is that like yes you can make them go away for now, but as the the game state advances and you get more and more enemies having the you know not taking care of this guy like mm-hmm. just kicking him down the road, um is not always advantageous right you know uh, that can be can be really really difficult so um, you want to kill them but they also tend to have quite a few HP mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, so you're you're incentivized to kick them down the road. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are other enemies like you've got um, on one particular island. You have these sentient weapons, the, you know, uh, robots who are kind of running amok. Uh, they tend to imitate the Vec and also have some mech abilities, too. Um, and they're mm-hmm. tied in with particular um, tied in with particular missions. Yeah. So we'll talk about them a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the island. Yeah. We're Islands. on island time, baby. Yep. Back to island time. Look, take a look at this big Johnson t-shirt directly from eBay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I thought those were outlawed. Uh, they're not illegal yet. Uh, the, uh, as long, as long as, uh, you know, the freedom of speech warriors mm. have their way to keep big Johnson t-shirts. Mount up. <laughs> going. I saw a big dog t-shirt that was, it was that, um, you know, that the, the shirt, the famous shirt that like is a picture of the flag. And it's like, if you don't like this flag, I'll help you pack. Okay. You know, you ever seen that thing? Yeah. I saw that combined with a big dog t-shirt. <laughs> what? And then two days later, I saw someone with just the regular version of it without the big dog. Like minus, like they'd airbrushed out the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> like like the big dog went to the, the puppy mill, the big puppy mill or right. whatever. Yeah. Got erased. <laughs> I guess that's not a puppy mill. A puppy mill makes puppies. It doesn't yeah. destroy them, but it sounds like it's a place to grind up puppies into Pu- puppy powder. Know, yeah. Yeah. Into powder, you know? <laughs> You know, grind up puppies into phenomenon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, it was just uh, that that the big the dog yelling at me and telling me that if I don't respect the flag, mm-hmm. the dog will help me pack to move to another country, versus just like a, a general shirt. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's some kind of study there with the efficacy it of whether ch- a dog screaming at you to do something is more effective or not. It, it definitely changes the timber of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway uh so yeah each of these islands is preceded as uh presided over by one corporation and its ceo who kind of acts as your handler for the mission they've Mm -hmm. got different uh personalities to them it's mostly the 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 flavor text the biggest difference from island to island is the kind of terrain the uh kind of special missions that are intrinsic to that island and um oh gosh it's um um special kind of like effects that are that, yeah, that can that yeah, can apply. It's ter- it's terrain features or um just kind of like theming. Yeah. You know, so there's like Acid Island, Ice Island, Desert Island. Yes. And Green Hill Island. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll start with Green Hill Island. Yeah. Because that's how Green Hill zones work. <laughs> um and this is Museum Island. Right. This is run by Archive Inc. They're an organization that is dedicated to preserving old Earth technology. If you're going to live on one of these islands, it'll probably be this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. It has all the bars. <laughs> True. You know, like this is where you can find the old earth bar most most frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy seems nice. Yes. The, the gentleman who is your handler during this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there's not really any dangerous terrain here. Like you've got water um, and you've got mountains and then forests are very plentiful here. Yes. Uh, we should talk about the way these uh, manifest because this can get up under you under you if you do not manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as, as we mentioned, um, you know, you can set, uh, forest on fire, you know, so that's primarily what forests do mm-hmm. in this. And it's an added consideration when you attack a tile, right. Um, or damage a tile in, in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And then water is a resource. As we mentioned, um, it, you can't end there, but you can knock dudes into it. Yeah. Um, something we didn't really talk about, and it, it'll make sense when we talk about the squads, uh, here, but it's just worth considering for this is that, um, each squad is broadly, uh, made up of a melee, a ranged, and a utility mm-hmm. mech. And the different kind of terrain features of each island 
are mostly impact with that utility Mac. Yeah. Because that's going to be the one that mostly manipulates things. Mm-hmm. And that is a, yeah. So that's generally what you're concerned with in relation to this. Yes. Yeah. Cause you're going to, you're going to want to move. Um, you're, you're going to want to move the VEC onto the tile that's on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, because these, um, and, and less inability, uh, kind of negates the effect or, um, you know, turns it off, uh, like a thing that is on fire will be on fire. The tile that's on fire will be on fire. The, if there's smoke kicked up, um, then that mm-hmm. smoke is going to stay there. It remains because these are quick skirmishes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got like these pr- protection missions that you're going to be doing. You've got these, you know, familiar old buildings, coal plants, bars, clinics, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and you're also introduced to some of these mainstay missions here, uh, which are going to pop up elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which like, you don't, you never like do the dam destruction on the desert Island. Okay. Right. Like, um, that, that's specifically, some of these are specific. Some of them are, uh, are general, but the thing about the old, I, so the, the bonus goal is to protect old buildings is great. Mm-hmm. Like that's very desirable because you're going to want to be protecting buildings no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, the train protection is interesting. You have a train uh, that starts on one end of the screen, kind of bisecting the level, um, and moves forward two units mm-hmm. uh, every turn. Um, you uh, nothing can be in its path, right? Without and and it will damage it if it if it is in its path. So you want to uh, you need to not only take care of the vec and manage them, but you're being bisected by this like, you know, this this vulnerable unit mm-hmm. uh, in the middle, and you have to keep this track clear, right? Um, so very interesting. One of my favorite, like just breakthroughs in this was when I was playing as the frozen, uh, max, the, the ice max <laughs> and realizing like, Oh, I can just freeze the train. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to make it like these people do not need to get to work. Yeah. It doesn't like extend the mission. It's, it's not that it's not like the mission ends when the train gets there. No, it's just after the number of turns. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, satellite launches are interesting. There'll be two, uh, two places where there are satellites launching mm-hmm. um, and they will launch at kind of uh, increments uh, throughout the turns and they will do uh, kill damage, like instant death damage, which is represented as a skull and crossbones mm-hmm. uh, to the units, to the tiles next to them. Right. And uh, the VEC will try to destroy them. Um, and you also need to stay out of those, those blast zones. Yeah. Uh, when the, when the satellite is going to go, is going to launch, it will always launch at the beginning of beginning of its turn. So mm-hmm. that is the signal to scramble to put as many vac into the blast radius as possible. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and then dam destruction, which is also kind of a, about bisecting the level. Yeah. Um, this is there. There's a dam uh, there. You can, if you do damage to it, you can uh, knock it out and create a river mm-hmm. that bisects the level, which is really interesting. Um, that's a very powerful weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can have several vac on that path of destruction, you can take many of them out in one turn. Mm-hmm. But once you've done so, you now have this uh, two by by eight uh, stream, mm-hmm. you know, uh, between the level stopping right. you. So the vec will be on one side of it where they spawn. You might still be on the other side, mm-hmm. and that can be tricky if you can't manipulate them properly from a distance. Right. Yeah, you can always cross over, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you you know if you're standing in the water, unless you're a flying unit, you're not really able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, you've got some special conditions on this map as well, um, mm-hmm. and every every island has these. Um, <laughs> I love that they're providing this air defense for you on some of the uh, some of the missions, and you know when one of these is going to be in play. It's one of the factors yeah. that you have. Um, I love that they are doing this air defense, but it is just random bombing runs that will uh, <laughs> obliterate whatever's in certain diamonds around the map. Yep, we're not going to hit the buildings. We're not no. going to Dresden to this, but we don't care if you're there. Right. 
So um, it's kind of like having random uh, satellite launches. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, defensive shields active um, is every once in a while you'll be tossed like an easy mode mission that has mm-hmm. fewer gains mm-hmm. to it. And again, like, you know, talking about like those 101, 201, 301 level lessons, like at first I was like, these are great. Mm-hmm. Then I realized, oh, I want those rewards. These are bad. Then I realized uh, if this helps uh, get me to another area of the map, mm-hmm. if like this is if this gives you one reputation mm-hmm. as opposed to one grid strength, do it. Yep. Like and it'll it's like oh that's that's a freebie. Like it is very hard to lose these because each building has a shield. It can take more than one hit mm-hmm. or most buildings. Yeah. Um, these these are worth doing in that situation specifically. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then tidal waves. I like these quite a bit because the map yeah. kind of just in strips is gradually flooded with water. Mm-hmm. Which you can survive as we mentioned, mm-hmm. but Vec cannot. So yeah. it gives you this encroaching kind of smaller play area. But if you can make one of the Vec beyond that landing strip mm-hmm. or on that strip of, of land, that's going to, to go underwater, uh, you can, you can take them out easily. Right. Yeah. So, um, very cool. Like, uh, you know, Fun stuff. You get to the uh, the end. Um, we should probably talk about uh, somewhere in here. Talk about the boss monsters. Yeah, we ought to um, because I could not determine in my playthrough just because I was you know I wasn't taking notes as I was playing if the particular boss enemies always show up on that island. No, no. I think the, these are uh, these can go anywhere. I think these are random. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they show up there. They tend to be just harder versions of the the things that we've we've dealt with mm-hmm. um not always uh but they're, they're called like boss versions yeah or, or uh, leader versions. leaders yes yeah so um the uh they as we mentioned before they always can go in water um they have a uh, uh more hp but there are a couple of them that are unique mm-hmm. um specifically so like the beetle leader is very similar to a beetle mm-hmm. um it charges but it lights um, everything in its path on fire yeah, it gets that little bonus where it leaves a fire trail behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, the large goo is a unique uh, boss. There's not a, a normal. It's kind of like the blobs that can be shot by other things. The, uh, the blobbers, yeah. Yeah, the, by the blobbers. Um, this is uh, – it splits. Mm-hmm. Um, it walks around as attacks. Uh, it's not very strong. It only has three HP. But when you hit it, it switches into two medium goos. Mm-hmm. And then each of those will turn into two small goos. Yeah. So you're um, kind of sorcerer's apprenticing yourself if you're not uh, managing the play or ma- managing yeah. the field very well. Yep. 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 Um, the Hornet leader um, has a uh, – just like more HP, it has a longer attack mm-hmm. that does more damage. Right. Um, we talked about the Scion Abomination. That gives every unit all of the buffs, <laughs> so, which is a nightmare. Yep. It's uh, yeah, I hate when those pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the scorpion leader, I believe, can web up things in four directions mm-hmm. uh, as its thing. So it can web up multiple uh, buildings and mech. Yeah. Uh, big deal. Mm-hmm. There. Um, we already talked about the spider leader. Uh, the firefly leader uh, will shoot projectiles in two different directions, dealing four damage. Um, yeah. And both of them, which is uh, much more destructive, much more destructive than you would think if it gets into kind of the clusters of buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, so these are at the end of this thing, you know, at the end of this island or any of the islands, once you've done them all and you get that final mission, you get a mission with a normal assortment of VEC. Um, one bonus goal that is always uh, kill the leader 
mm-hmm. and one that's always protect this important building. Right. Um, you get a random leader and this role that you get on your first leader can be very run determining. Mm-hmm. If you get spider leader on your first island, that's a huge nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get, uh, you know, the blob, I find the blob like fairly easy to deal with. Yeah. Because you, you deal with everyone else and you push him around until you're ready to kill him. You know, right. um, or you uh, beetle is fairly easy to deal with as well, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, any push will almost always push him off track. Yeah. You know, and uh, you can kind of take him in there. So um, after you do the first island, we go to the desert island. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, once you do any of these um, extra islands, so you can always go to the museum, museum island first. When you finish an island, it becomes available for you to start at mm-hmm. later on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the desert, desert island is ruled over by the RSD Corporation, uh, and their specialization is terraforming. Uh, and they took their technology and turned it against the Vec, destroying their island in the process. Yeah. Um, and some of your special missions uh, involve helping this process along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which which are also high priority missions to me. Right. Um, we'll, we'll talk about those. Um, the biggest kind of feature here is that there's tons of sand. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sand works as if it's damaged, it kicks up smoke. Um, if smoke acts for, for you, it acts like water. Mm-hmm. If you step into it, you can't do anything, but it will cancel actions as well. Right. Um, there's a squad based around this. Um, this is their time to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're using the, the rustling hulks, <laughs> um, the, uh, but generally, uh, smoke gives you a new verb. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, but if you end up with with too much of it on the on the the map, um, it can be very restricting as well. Right. Yeah. Um, this is also where the chasms are introduced. Right. So uh, just literal holes in the map. <laughs> so you want to knock enemies off of there. Uh, non flying enemies or non flying units will uh, will fall and be gone forever. Mm-hmm. So this is like, you know, it, it acts like water um, for bugs, but for you. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the mission types here tend to be, uh, for the most part, I find like fairly easy, mm-hmm. you know, um, specifically the terraformer missions, which I will always take. Yeah. And if I get a terraformer mission and it's got, uh, you know, cause so the missions, uh, generally if they're an easy mode mission, which you mentioned, which have the shielding or what have you, mm-hmm. they're worth one reward. If they're a medium thing, they're worth two. And then there are worth, ones that are worth three that always give you a power core. Yeah. And those are challenge modes, mm-hmm. challenge missions. Um, those are very difficult. If yeah. one of those is a terraformer, that is Chef Fingers. Because the terraformer becomes a unit you can control. It's in the center of the map. <laughs> um, you, you have four turns and you have to fire it in all four directions uh, to terraform <laughs> to win that optional goal. Right. Um, it kills anything that's on that space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and like, the you're just prioritize it. Yeah. Yeah. You're just stomping it. Like you're getting out of the way mm-hmm. um, while the Vec move up there. And it's like you can still, it can still be damaged. You can accidentally kill your units, but it's a huge boon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the terraformer. Yeah. Um, unlike its shitty cousin, the Earth Mover. <laughs> yeah. Which is like it, 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 put, it, it puts you in a map that has, you know, kind of like a line of chasm across it. And every turn, the Earth Mover will just turn chasms into uh, into dirt and into yep. regular. Which generally makes it harder for you. Yes. Like there are a few, you know, you cannot uh, knock enemies into things as easily. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is a little bit of a challenge and just gives you something at the center of the map to protect. Yes. Um, and then I also have a really hard time and never take the missions where it's uh, protect the prototype Renfeld bombs. Right. Um, these are, it's cool foreshadowing because the Renfeld bomb is going to be important mm-hmm. uh, to the finale. But um, I just find these hard Yeah. Uh, to do because it's usually, you know, your protect missions. It's like protect the, the clinic and there's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in these, there are two Renfeld bombs. 
um, they don't do anything on their own. Right. right. You know, usually missions that we get uh, that you protect things. We didn't mention um, in the last uh, island there are tanks and artillery. Mm -hmm. uh, ones protect the artillery and protect the tanks, um, which give you units. Um, you have tanks that activate after three turns and then they can push. Mm -hmm. So it gives you more units. And the artillery, which starts from the beginning, it can only move one square, but it does uh, damage two, uh, one by two tile. Yeah. These are big advantages. The Renfield bombs don't do anything. Nope. They just have to be protected. Yeah. So a uh, big bummer. Mm -hmm. Those guys. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't care for that. I mean, mm -hmm. they tend to be heavy rewards when they're, when they show up, but when you've got the, mm -hmm. when you've got a chance to, to, to play with the terraformer. Um, yeah. Why well, you, you prioritize that for yeah. sure. Go into town, um, go into Lincoln, go into terraformer. Uh, yeah. Go to terraform town. Um, <laughs> one, one thing that's worth mentioning just because, uh, I don't know where else we'd put it is uh, one of the optional ob objectives that I always avoid, which is protect the vol volatile VEC. Oh, I hate uh, that so much. Yeah. There, there's one VEC on the screen, unless you're playing as the frozen Hulk, which makes it very easy. Um, there's one VEC as four health. Um, it's going to act like a normal VEC and you have to keep it, actually keep it alive. Mm -hmm. um, I find this very difficult. Yeah. You know, because uh, they'll, they'll if, if there's a line of three buildings, mm -hmm. it walks up to it and targets the one in the middle. What unless do you, do? you can pull it. <laughs> You know, pushing it won't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just you have to if you want to get the optional objective, you have to lose a building. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, especially if it's uh, in a difficult, you know, if you're on island three or four. Um, yeah. And you're, you know, you've got other shit to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, the special conditions here on the desert island, desert island end up uh, dealing with chasms. So in cataclysms, like strip of strips of land fall away into chasms. It's a little bit like the uh, the tidal waves. Um, and then there's also seismic activity where seemingly random squares will drop away into chasms. Yep. And it should be noted that we, uh, we have units that can fly Yes. as well. Like sometimes you, some squads have flying units, which can go over chasms mm -hmm. as well. So the, uh, the cataclysm, which is very similar to tidal wave for Vex is actually much more hazardous to you unless you have flying units. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, the third island is when it starts getting serious. Uh, you know, to me, as far as difficulty, I think that both the first two islands have features that are fairly easy. Right. Um, the third island is still reasonable. And then the fourth island I find very hard. Yeah. the um, We're definitely getting extra complications here. Yes. Um, with the ice island. Right. Here. Uh, which yep. is ruled by Pinnacle Robotics. Uh, the CEO is a, you know, an AI who talks mm -hmm. to you. Um, and they manufacture sentient machines. Um, mm -hmm. So... You know, it's not just humans you're protecting here, you know, who are in those buildings, but also, uh, you know, uh, robots who are in storage. Some of these machines have gone rogue because this is a sci-fi story um, and you end up um, dealing with them in addition to VEC, although they behave very similarly to VEC. Yeah. And sometimes this ends up being many missions that are similar to like protect the volatile VEC. Right. Like you'll end up with two rogue machines and they're hostile, mm -hmm. uh, but you are meant to protect them. Right not kill them. The AI here, you know, the writing, you know, is like, Oh, it doesn't, you know, it's offline. We can, we can fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll lose tons of research if you kill this thing. Um, they give you tools to, to mitigate this. Right. Um, oftentimes uh, you will get an ice Mac on this. And we talked about how powerful ice is. Yeah. Um, ice is extremely powerful in this game. Um, so that can be very useful. Like, Hey, freeze the two rogue AIs mm -hmm. rather than kill them. Um, but that's very, you know, it's very difficult if you don't have the ice mech or if you just have one ice mech and you're still managing the AIs without killing them. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, that is a tough needle to thread. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, um, you're also dealing with, I mean, so, something that ends up helping out is that mines are very prevalent here, uh, both yes. destructive mines, which will blow up whatever lands on them, um, and ice mines, which will freeze whatever lands on them. Um, yes. Again, if you can end your turn on an ice mine, if you're on an ice mine, if you're trying to protect to, to protect a unit, that will work for you. What also works mm -hmm. for you is that the VEC, they do not pay any attention to the mines whatsoever. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> like if they could mind sniff, it would ruin the game. Yep. Again, small choices that that make big differences. Yep. Um, so you can have a, a really lucky first turn where the Vec just all neutralize themselves. <laughs> you know, just like the bunch of idiots just run immediately into a mine. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um. The uh. There's also water uh or ice tiles in this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. And you can freeze freeze water as well. Right. Um. If the uh the water it's an ice tile. If it gets hit twice, it turns into water. Mm -hmm. So the first time you're on it, it's fine, and then it eventually it can break through uh, into water, which is great. Mm -hmm. You know that means if uh, if it's already weakened, if a vec, even if a vec has high HP, if it's on the ice, if you hit that tile, it'll do enough damage to the tile to melt it through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then forests are here. Uh, you know they they will catch fire. They don't behave mm -hmm. any differently because there's snow on the trees. Yeah. No. Um, there's a really great. Uh, one of my favorite missions happens to this. Another one that I take every time because I find it very easy mm -hmm. is the one where everything is frozen at first yep. and things slowly burst out of freezing. Mm -hmm. um, this is just like a, it's a boon. It's not treated as a boon in terms of your rewards, but it is because no Vex spawn. There's just all the Vex that are going to be mm -hmm. and they just slowly kind of met themselves out. Right. Um, so, additionally, uh, it, it's easy to get ahead of the curve because Vec will, it seems, prioritize um breaking the ice around friendly units yeah, yeah. They, they free their their brethren while one vec is imprisoned no vec is free <laughs> so the uh yeah yeah, yeah it's a it, it's it's a good mission um yeah. and uh the, the the mind laying robots i like how kind of chaotic the uh protecting those guys is mm -hmm. yeah yeah um good mm -hmm. good good level uh still tricky Yes. All right. There are also ice storms that sometimes will freeze, uh, freeze the entire map or freeze mm -hmm. big areas of the map. Yeah. yeah. So if you can push uh, enemies into those, they will be taken out of commission. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. taking us to the fourth island, Factory Island, which is run by Detritus Disposal, uh, this company that specializes in turning junk back into its component elements, which has also turned their island into a literal garbage pit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, this is where the acid comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently. Uh, so there are puddles of acid um, and pools of it, which are like water. Right. Uh, when you leave the uh, the if you walk through a puddle, you'll get acided. If you end up in a pool, you cannot act and you'll leave acided. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this causes weapon damage to be doubled. So um, I like this island quite a bit. Um, a because you know partially because of its uh, special conditions, the conveyor belts and teleporters and stuff. What ends up happening is the, the the missions can go or the battles can go very quickly because mm -hmm. you know damage is effectively doubled if you can manage it really well. But you're also spending more time planning because there are just more no go zones. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I uh, can I can I do a, a very quick watch out for fireballs rewind? Uh, sure. Uh, when I was saying the Vec would free anybody, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of their people, they'll prioritize that. Uh -huh. uh, the V in Eugene V. Deb stands for Vec. Okay. <laughs> cool. That's the joke I was trying to make, but I had to 
try to do a quiet Google with my super loud keyboard to make sure I was attributing the quote <laughs> properly, just to give you a behind the scenes on that joke. Yeah. What I think is actually a pretty good joke, but just required way too much effort. No, no, um, you, you don't you don't want to fire it off and be like, actually, you dumb shit. That was Franklin Douglas or Frederick me, me, Douglas. Yeah, Fra- exactly. Fra- Franklin was his brother who actually said the smart me, thing. Yeah, me, me and uh, me and Will uh, had a before we recorded thing where I was thinking that um, Picasso was the guy who cut his ear off. Oh, yeah. For like and making a lot of like fun jokes and suppositions based on that. Uh huh. Until at the end where he's like, oh, you mean Van Gogh? And it was just like a real like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it was not it was not uh, during recording. It was just during the green room section. <laughs> That's good. But I didn't want to repeat that. So I, I no. had to try to do the, the quiet, uh, the quiet Google with my, my uh, beautifully loud keyboard resisting. Yeah. No, so. no, I, I definitely, I, I appreciate the restraint. Also, I exercise some restraint uh, in bringing back the, uh, the segment birds coal saw. I put up, oh, a, hum- I put up a, a hummingbird feeder outside my window and I got it for, it's got, it's, it got its first customer when we were Ooh. talking about the desert Island. So I like, uh, I like hummingbirds. They're great crazy like yeah, they're, they're just real weird they're birds and bugs Calm at the down. same time <laughs> yeah like, i mean, need you guys to chill out <laughs> well no they can't or they die i know but i, I would just they, I, they have no chill can you imagine yeah. never being relaxed your entire I, life i mean it's it, it's what what if a bird was also the movie crank yeah yeah like <laughs> tiny tiny little statums yep like miniature miniature statums these thumbs jaybird statum <laughs> um the uh See, that didn't take me any time. No. I mean, it was worse, but like that was real quick. So I don't know how my brain works. I no, don't, that's, I don't yeah. have an idea about I, it. Yeah. Um, so the, we, we mentioned the, the acid uh, where you have to and you have to sometimes destroy these vats. Um, use these disposal units, which we mentioned, which are also it's similar to the terraformers, mm-hmm. like very powerful. Um, the thing that uh, so I, I don't actually like these. I don't like the conveyor belts or teleporters. Oh, that's, to me, that's an added complication too far. Mm. Like as far as the readability of the map, okay. Like being able to look at a map and instantly know what everyone's ca- capacity is and capability of movement, no, yeah. is key to my enjoyment of this. Mm. Yeah. So it, it, um, that that didn't bother me. I, I I liked it again. Just it added a little bit of extra chaos to it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and it complicated planning, but it made me feel like a badass when the plan went off without a hitch. It is useful, like if you can, if you can make it work. Yeah. It just I think it maybe for me it was like a slow down pace. A yeah. Bit yeah. More. And that, that's more what I, I think I'm getting at is like just lowering that pace a little bit kind of messed me up. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, comparatively few things added to it. And you can, you can kind of get the sense um, that this is kind of where they, they want it. You know, this is the level of complexity that tops it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like doing a fifth island with even more complicated weather effects. Mm-hmm. You know, like what if there's a tornado that rotated enemies or something like that? Like, you know, that wasn't going to work. Right. Push too far into Additionally, it. I love that the final, the final mission steps back in complexity from this. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that the, 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 the final mission doesn't add this on top of everything else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Me too. So the, the final, final episode is on the volcanic high. This is where the, uh, the vet come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a two map Island. Um, you don't get any choices or anything. Right. Um, you just, uh, you start off above ground and you end up below ground. Right. Uh, you don't have buildings to protect. Instead, they drop these pylons uh, that basically just act like buildings mm-hmm. uh, that get dropped onto the map. Yeah. And both of these are difficult. Mm-hmm. Like both of these are very hard um, and they ramp up uh, and they, they, they also have like a lack of randomness to them in terms of um, what's going to happen. Right. Right. Like these are these are very static mm-hmm. um, in kind of the order of events. You can eventually get to, to become, you know, to plan for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
So like up top, you've got this volcano that is going to kind of alternate in rounds between creating a lava flow um, and dropping a volcanic rocks on you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it generally it's pretty easy to to predict um, where (laughs) those are going to be. Uh, which uh, like maybe has like the, 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 the flavor of a bummer, but doesn't necessarily manifest because that bit of predictability helps because both of these maps are going to overwhelm you, um, it, yeah. both with numbers of enemy and also the alpha versions of these enemies. Yeah. The, the most difficult versions right. um, of them. Um, so that, that, you know, that first one, as we mentioned, um, there'll be those different lava flows, those infant death tiles mm-hmm. that are kind of random that will show up after you survive for, for five turns, uh, the floor collapses and you drop into the into the underground section of the hive. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a run filled bomb here, mm-hmm. which you have to protect. Um, have you had a mission where you lost the run filled bomb? No. Before uh, it, a new one comes in and you have to survive for four extra turns. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> just like, this might as well be a death sentence. Like, you know? <laughs> That's really good. Uh, because you survive this by the absolute skin of your teeth. Yeah. Um, and while you're you're doing it, you're having these new hazards. Um, the lava flow thing is back, mm-hmm. uh, but it, instead of just kind of it being lava, it's these tentacles that come up and destroy lines of of terrain, mm-hmm. or come up uh, at random spots and uh, and try to uh, you know destroy anything in the tile. Yeah, there. There's like the hive mother or whatever below the ground. Mm-hmm. And this is where you are sacrificing any of the other pilots <laughs> that you don't mm-hmm. want to fling that you don't want to fling uh, out of danger uh, through time. Uh, and yeah, you you are again burning the ships. Yeah, uh, and and just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, this can this is very difficult. Like it's it's kind of hard to overstate how tricky this is, mm-hmm. right? Like I can I can now I can fairly consistently. If I ever run that makes it here, which doesn't always happen, but if mm-hmm. I ever run that makes it here, I can fairly consistently beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot. Yes. Like and and the uh, the vec do more damage to your building grid. So when they hit these pylons, yeah, um, they will knock off three hit points, mm-hmm. two or three hit points, not one. Right. And many of the champion vex can hit more than one tile. Mm-hmm. So, so with that AOE, they will hit multiple buildings, each of which that is is worth two hit points or three hit points. Yeah. So a single round will swing way more than you're used to. Yes. Yeah. So uh, just tough stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you beat it, uh, everybody kind of says their goodbyes. Um, <laughs> they warp back. Um, you know, they're like, okay, time to go save another timeline mm-hmm. as we mentioned. And uh, yeah. And then you can, you can start again. Yep. You see the, uh, the Renfield bomb explode. Uh, the flash is seen in orbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. that timeline is saved. Um, and you get uh, you get that little uh, little scroll that is your score, which is the population of Earth by mm-hmm. the time you're done. Yeah. And that Earth is saved. Um, so kind of a sweet moment. Very much so. Um, the kind of particulars of this game, like the, the most important choices you make are your pilot and your squads. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk about these. These guys, these problematic bachelors. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you start the game with one pilot. This is Ralph Carlson, kind of a grizzled old guy who's been fighting for centuries. Um, and you only earn more when you, uh, when you, uh, get time pods or as rewards for perfecting an island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, ex- excepting the hidden ones. Right. Which you actually get a different way, which we'll talk about when we get to those. Mm-hmm. Um, Ralph is a really great first pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, his special ability is that he gets extra experience for killing enemies. Yeah. Um, plus two. And now is a good time to talk about experience. Mm-hmm. Um, at 25, 50, and 75, at those breakpoints, mm-hmm. um, you get one of four rewards 
that is randomized. Mm -hmm. um, it is either a plus one health, uh, plus one move, a power core, or plus three to your grid defense. Right. Um, and that's not three HP. It's three uh, percentage chance to to save a building mm -hmm. when it gets hit. Um, so when you get those randomly, so that ends up actually making, uh, you know, almost like in a way that feel like evokes deck building. No, uh, I will end up with some like low pilots like, oh, this guy got two grid defense yeah. upgrades. Fuck. Like this guy's yeah. got to go. Yeah. I'm going to sell him as soon as I possibly can. No, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, so sorry. You just keep insisting, insisting on calling it selling a person. I'm seeing the wireframe here. Bro. Yeah. OK. Like the, the, uh, yeah. The, the fiction doesn't exist. Like you're just you're trading them for currency that you use to buy weapons. And okay. upgrades, right, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense that they're like, okay, well, you you uh, you station this pilot here, mm -hmm. and we're going to give you a new weapon. Yeah. So you just give us the weapon if that was the case. <laughs> we're trying to save the world. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a barter economy. I know, right? Oh. Yeah, uh, but yeah, R R Ralph is good. Um, experience generally always good, but it can work bad for you, especially if that yeah. is a pilot that uh, you, you know, if that was the pilot whose ability you wanted to carry you through to the next run. Yep. Um, a little pro tip with him is uh, I. When I use him, which is not often after I unlocked other pilots, mm -hmm. um, but when I have used him, putting him on a mech that is hard to level up mm -hmm. to keep it in in stasis with the other one. So I tended to put this guy on my science mechs, yeah. um, actually kind of counterintuitively because those have the hardest time getting direct kills mm -hmm. uh, and they, you know, once powered up, they can get significantly better. Right. So Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do we want to talk about all these or do we want to kind of hit our favorites? Let's uh, let's go through. Them. Okay. Let's talk about all of them. So yeah. not that uh, I'm not trying to inflate the episode, but these do make big differences. They do. Yeah. Um, I never oh. found much use for Harold as uh, kind of mm -hmm. this uh, uh, old engineer guy, uh, Harold Schmidt. Uh, what he does is he pushes enemies away when you repair, mm -hmm. which can be pretty useful. Uh, however, I do not find myself repairing that often. The uh, the way that I think about this guy is that the the push is primary and the repair is second. Yeah. So it's almost like he just has a new verb. Mm hmm. Um, and that's, you know, so this, in, this is in my like top half, like he's in my, my top half of dudes mm. just because having a dude who can reliably push in all four directions yeah. um, on top of everything else was good. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, repairing, you know, which we, we talked about is something I don't do all that often. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the ones that substitute repairing it's, it's, a uh, you know, even the, the, the next one substitutes it. It doesn't, um, he doesn't do it in addition. Yeah. So, um, Abe, um, Abe, uh, is a move. Mm -hmm. um is great uh he has armored which means he takes one less damage yeah um this has a thousand different synergies it, yeah with the with the different max basically this is so any good. any mech that over the course of its regular verbs will take damage guess what you just got rid of that downside yep um really really good uh, personality he is kind of uh, a tough uh no nonsense like when you upgrade him he's like well i didn't need that but thanks <laughs> you know he's a, he's a, i'm gonna fight the, the enemy with one arm tied behind my back type yeah. um really really good mm-hmm um, Bethany Jones, uh, starts shielded. Uh, so she has an energy shield, which goes away after taking one hit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this would be good if it wasn't for a later pilot that obviates this. Yes. This, that, uh, so Bethany and her twin brother, Isaac, uh, they both end up being, they be, being kind of beginner traps almost. Yeah. It feels like, um, because it is initially attractive until you understand the way that the things articulate. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the story between those two is actually really cool uh, because you're in different timelines. Um, they're 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 twins, but uh, um, there's a little bit of like a Bioshock Infinite thing going on here. Makes um, a little test stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like it just at any given timeline will will only have one of them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. both, you know, brilliant scientists, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. talk about Isaac a little bit later when we get down there. Um, Henry is overpowered to me. Yeah, um, Henry's good. Yeah, Henry's very good. He's kind of this brash, blustering, braggy kind of guy. Henry Kwan. Uh, he can move through enemy units, uh, which just opens up so many tactics. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and we, we didn't mention that before that you can't do that, but it's worth mentioning because yeah, that yeah. makes a big difference. Like when you position your guys initially um, or when you consider movement, mm-hmm. um, they will form walls, mm-hmm. you know, and movement maneuverability is hugely important yeah. in this game, like getting to spaces to do the things you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it in relation to blocking enemies, but we didn't talk about how the enemies can block you as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is just uh, and, and obviating that is is a big deal. Yeah, um, it's another reason why flying. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is cool, you know, because you can't fly over. Uh, the the main flying unit that you use can can jump over things mm-hmm. is more what that is. Yeah. Um, Ghana. I love Ghana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghana is a weird robot. Um, <laughs> and if you power, it takes one power, which is a bummer when uh, these abilities take power, but it allows him to deploy anywhere on the map. And he does uh, one damage in uh, every space around him. Mm-hmm. Um, this is great. Uh, being able to deploy anywhere on the map is really big deal yep. um, because you can position uh, you. It kind of obviates that, uh, you know, maybe these Vec are going to get to a building before I can get to them mm-hmm. thing. And you can the biggest thing is you can kill mantises. Yep. Um, anything that has one health, you can actually just kill them before the mission even starts. <laughs> yeah. So this was my go to until I unlocked uh, the secret one that is actually my go to. Oh, yeah. Uh, the secret squad member. But I love I love Ghana. Yeah. Um, I don't think yep. I ever got Ghana, actually. Mm. Yeah. Any of the abilities that require power, it is a bummer, but that is um, a, just a balancing consideration. That ability is always worth getting. Yeah, they're, they're, they they tend to be very powerful abilities. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lily uh, kind of seems like another, another noob trap to a mm-hmm. certain extent. Uh, she gets plus three movement on her first turn, but then that goes away. Uh, yeah. So it is a little bit uh, like Ghana. Uh, and that it gets you, uh, you know, it, it gets you in between things if you want, but it, you know, it happens on her movement. Yeah. And yeah. it's anything that only lasts on the first turn. Yeah. You know, similar, similar to the, uh, the shield, yeah. you know, the, the Bethany Jones thing is not that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being, being perfectly, perfectly sincere about it. Like, yes, that first turn matters, but the battlefield will look so different. Yeah. You know, by then it's not that, you know, your first turn matters, but it's not like it's going to shape later turns that much mm-hmm. you know this isn't like an alpha strike style game no um, um i skipped over prospero uh and that probably shows you what i think of prospero <laughs> fuck you prospero yep. um the uh this is, it's just too expensive yeah um this this one this is good like he gains flying status which it's on any mech mm-hmm. so giving a, a a normally non-flying mech the ability to fly can yeah. be huge mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, and this has, uh, offensive capabilities so you can get to areas for angles of attack that you ordinarily wouldn't be able to go and go to, and has huge defensive capabilities, mm-hmm. like putting an artillery mech flying over a chasm where it can't really be approached is hugely powerful. It just requires too many of the right situations to happen and too much investment for me, yeah. um, to, to really dig this guy, mm-hmm. uh, personally. Yeah. The, um, Chen, Chen Rong is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the, the, the ability to move one tile after attacking. No, um, that's surprisingly good. Um, mostly because of hazards. Yes. So you can, you can put him in the way of a hazard, you know, oh, I can't actually take out this, this spec this way because that puts me, uh, you know, where the satellite's launching mm-hmm. and this obviates that. 
Yeah. The only reason I don't use Chen more is because my go-to Archimedes um, has mm -hmm. like the super powered version of this. Yeah. Yep. There's a better version of it for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you know, Chen's doesn't require a reactor core. So mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Camilla is incredibly powerful. She's in my top tier um, yeah. because she is not affected by webbing or smoke, uh, which means uh, basically she always has complete freedom of movement. <laughs> yeah. Nothing can hold her down. Um, specifically really, really wonderful with the wrestling hulks. Yes. The smoke based, uh, uh, group. <laughs> you have. Um, Isaac Jones, which we mentioned, um, who is the kind of noob trap. Uh, this gives you an extra reset mm -hmm. in the game. And then when you say noob, noob trap, it's more just kind of like, you know, having those extra resets is good before you know the game, but kind of once you've understood it, yeah, um, yeah. one reset is, is probably good. Yeah. You know, and it's the kind of advantage that can always be obviated, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to something that is just going to be a persistent, powerful upgrade yes um isaac is the most interesting from a personality or story standpoint to me um he's this mm -hmm. guy who basically has time travel sickness he has a terrible stutter he's incredibly anxious and self-doubtful um but he kind of looks through and most of his comments are about the implications of what they're doing by fucking with space time like this yep yeah. which luckily the game doesn't deal with right which i'm very happy about <laughs> because i did not want to deal with that it's just, it's just nice that you've got somebody saying hey are we making this worse are we actually saving yeah. anybody or are we creating people who are in peril and then going and saving them? A chess piece can't die. <laughs> the, um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, little man. The, uh, <laughs> chess piece to me. Uh -oh. Um, uh, Silica can be very powerful, but very similar to Prospero. Like I, I could very rarely make this work. Yeah. Um, Silica needs two power cores to make this happen. That seems so um, expensive to me. It, if you have the right thing, it's very powerful, yeah. right? Like, so it, it, instead of doing a move and an attack, uh, they can not do a move and do two attacks. Mm -hmm. So this becomes like a boss killer, yeah. right? Like if you put this in a position that a Vec might come to it and it's a boss and you can do two attacks and you've done upgrades on the right mm -hmm. mech, they can kill a boss in one turn. Yeah. You know, that's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, that's worth an investment. But you kind of have to just have the right mech and the right uh, Vec kind of movements. Mm-hmm. To make this work. Yeah. I could also see it being if you had any kind of loadout um, or mission that required you to take very little damage, um, yeah. attacking and repairing would be a good, uh, would be a good uh, pair as well. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, Archimedes um, is my MVP. I like Archimedes quite mm -hmm. a bit. Um, he is a, uh, he's like a, a, an Android kind of guy who gets a, who can move again after attacking. It takes one power core, but it's his full movement range. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is all about uh, hit and run. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, this was this was my fave. Uh, this uh, Archimedes and Abe mm -hmm. were my two faves before I unlocked the the hidden ones. Yes. Um, so the hidden ones are uh, the way you get these is that by destroying mountains um, in certain areas, you might actually get a little uh, a little nodule with one of these guys in it. Yeah. A beacon, yeah. uh, which will give you these hidden pilots. <laughs> um, I cannot get the third one. No. Uh, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know why. I've been following, you know, the steps and stuff. I don't know. I'm just having very bad luck. Um, I didn't get any of these. I did not know they existed until I uh, started doing research to make the notes. It's neat that they put hidden ones in here. Mm -hmm. um, well, they're also Easter we, eggs. Like these are races from FDL. Yes, exactly. They, these are aliens. Um and th this really plays into these hidden ones. Uh, you know, the idea we talked about a bunch on the Slack is the idea of like, why isn't there DLC for this game? Mm -hmm. Because you could keep most things the same and just do like, I would buy a DLC easily. That was three new pilots and two new squads. Mm -hmm. 
you know. Um, so uh, Ka- Kazakh Pleth mm-hmm. um, is very powerful. Um, it's a Mantis uh, that, instead of having a repair action, has a two damage melee attack. Mm-hmm. Um, this is somebody who I don't use very often, but it is the only pilot I can make any headway with the uh, the Steel Jadoka oh, yeah. uh, squad, because the DPS on that squad, uh, I cannot get good with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a two damage attack and a two damage attack is very powerful yeah. right out the gate. Um, so having that is really, really useful. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the trade-off on, you know, not having a repair, we talk about, you know, not necessarily using that quite a bit. The one area where repair is useful is if you are on fire, fire. and don't want to be on fire anymore. Exactly. Um, and there are, uh, weapons and kind of passives you can get, uh, that will heal you, mm-hmm. um, without that, but they are not guaranteed in any way. Right. Um, Maffin is my, my go-to. Maffin uh, is really, it, it looks really good. Yeah. So, uh, he's a Zoltan. Um, he has twin benefits and one kind of big downgrade that is uh, easy to work around. Um, <laughs> so he starts with a reactor core, which is huge. Um, any of those, uh, you know, the way that we, uh, you upgrade the different max, we'll talk about this when we get to the squads, but, um, you know, you can always upgrade health and movement usually, but then you mm-hmm. have your weapons that will take on new utility or additional damage. Yeah. By putting a, a core in there and starting the game with a core is ridiculously huge. Yeah. Um, he only can ever have one HP and it can never increase. Mm-hmm. But every turn he gets a shield. So he can take <laughs> unlimited damage as long as he only takes one damage per turn. Yep. So as long as only one, uh, what is it? As long as only one back attacks him. Yep. And that attack can be any severity. Yeah. Um, so Maffin just becomes so useful, not only for um, the like most broken combination in the game, which is putting him on the ice mech, um, <laughs> where he obviates the downside of that mech, yeah. but also just to body block anything. Yep. Like late island things that are doing four damage, you know, <laughs> and this will kill somebody. You just throw Maffin in there yep. and Maffin can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, he speaks in emojis, like speaks in an ASCII oh, yeah. uh, thing, which is really cute. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is he's my favorite pilot. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Zoltans are like the energy dudes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, the third one is Ariadne, who is a rock man. Uh, this seems pretty simple compared to the other two, honestly. You just yeah. have extra health, three extra health, which is big. And then also you're immune to fire. Yep. Like tank class. Yeah. And for some reason, I cannot find him. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I play this game an awful lot and I still have not unlocked everything in it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's talk squads. Let's do it. Uh, so this has the biggest impact on how your strategy works, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, like we said, we can unlock them by getting these achievements. Um, each squad has kind of internal synergies that happen with it uh, kind of naturally because you're mm-hmm. getting the same three mechs. Um, you know, every time you roll with a particular squad, their upgrades um, end up kind of like specializing them further. Um, and you can get further synergies by putting different pilots into the appropriate mechs. Mm-hmm. And the, these uh, these squads are really well considered. Yeah, like these are these are put together and composed in a way that I, again just uh, is in line with the preternatural elegance mm-hmm. of End of the Breach. Yeah, none of these like, seems superfluous. No, 
like they all suggest a play style and support it. Even ones that never clicked for me or took longer to click. Mm -hmm. I see what they're going for and see how they could work. And it is a humbling experience to get to one of these squads, be like, these guys are fucking trash. And then watch somebody (laughs) just dominate on hard mode on YouTube because every one of these is someone's favorite Mm -hmm. um, and matches their play style and their natural inclinations. And like fucking, you know, Bravo. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, really, really good. What what, Um, what I want is banners, like either sports team banners or like military banners for some of these guys. Mm, Like just a, just a, just a flag for the frozen Titans up in my office. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they make t-shirt. I wonder if fandom, and gamer or whatever mm, I don't has, know. has t-shirts based on that because i know they have into the breach t-shirts but yeah. um so the mechs broadly fall into that these are made out of broadly fall into four categories um prime mechs which uh have melee attacks brute mechs which do projectile attacks ranged which have artillery and science which have kind of technical or positioning based attacks mm-hmm. um weapons will be limited to these kind of things yeah. so you can use any weapon but it will cost more mm-hmm to put on a weapon that you cannot usually use right um, there. And every one of these squads will have one thing of the, the first two categories, uh, a range attack, and then a science unit. Right. Yeah. Uh, starting with the one I would say is probably no one's favorite just because they are the, the, the teaching squad. Yeah. They end up, they, they end up being very powerful. Um, it's just easy to outgrow them uh, yeah. because you can do less novel things with them. Definitely very powerful. And these are the Rift Walkers. Yeah. Uh, um, and these are obviously very much designed to teach you the basics of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, these are these are just your regular olive drab Gundams. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you don't have a science unit and none of these guys can fly, which ends up being the uh, the, the biggest one of the bigger trade offs for them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so you have your uh, your your combat back. Which, uh, you know, is uh, punches enemies and pushes them, mm-hmm. you know, so you're, you're getting introduced to doing damage, you're getting uh, introduced to, to uh, shoves, mm-hmm. and uh, this upgrades into a dash. Yeah. So you can do that from across the, uh, the map. Mm-hmm. Ends up being very useful. They, uh, effectively, you become a projectile. And unlike some mm-hmm. of the other dashes that you get, uh, it does not do damage to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the cannon, yeah. the Canamech is about as straight up as the straight up the middle as they come. Um, mm-hmm. It is just a straight projectile. It's gonna, she, it can shoot all the way across the map, and it upgrades by doing more damage. But it also pushes as well. Yes. Yeah. So it does one damage and pushes, which is, you know, that's what they're trying to do. And then the artillery mech, like, I really love these guys as the opening group, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody pushes. Yeah. Um, the artillery mech lobs a projectile that pushes enemies away from it mm-hmm. uh, in, in, a, in a cross pattern. Um, you have to aim for the middle and push things, uh, you know in four directions yeah, and you can upgrade it. So it does not damage the, uh, the buildings. Yes. Which ends up being incredibly important because, you know, if a building is effectively surrounded, well, you just, you just push it all away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so really, really basic, really good at teaching you about positioning and the importance of not necessarily slaying your enemies, but also, um, just kind of putting them into position. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the wrestling Hulks was my MVP for a long time. <laughs> Can you stop saying the wrestling Hulks? And the, the rest the, the, the wrestling Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. <laughs> so just, rusting Hulks. Rusting Hulks. It sounds like you're yeah. saying wrestling. I used to think they were wrestling. Like oh. a, like a cattle rustler. Oh yeah. No, these are not, the, not the, wrestling. <laughs> yeah. These are, uh, the, the, these are junky, junky planes. Mm-hmm. Is what they yep, are. Junk, junk planes. <laughs> um, the, uh, so this starts off with a jet Mac, which is one of the best Macs in the game. Yeah. 
ridiculous. Uh, Just uh, relatively short range uh, for what (laughs) it can do. But it will uh, fly over an enemy, damage it, and then leave it in smoke. Yep. Which uh, And these guys have a synergy uh, with their science mech, which causes Mm -hmm. when they're on the map, smoke damages enemies once per turn. Yep. (laughs) So you use these guys to fill the map with smoke. Um, He gets an upgrade where he can jump over two tiles. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really phenomenal. And anything that gets smoked, uh, stop, like delays its action, cancels its move. Yeah. So that's what the, these guys are, are teaching you. Mm-hmm. Um, the rocket mech, which fires an explosive artillery and creates smoke behind it, mm-hmm. um, which is really fun. Like learning that uh, maybe you just want to fire into nothing mm-hmm. to, to leave that smoke behind you. Yeah. Is a, is a good like lesson from these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, like we said, this has the, uh, the, the, the storm generator, which having that out there, a few of these squads just have an, an have a unit with a passive effect mm-hmm. like that, which just completely changes the, 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 the style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, the pulse mech is your science unit here, which just pushes enemies away from all adjacent tiles. Um, yep. and it upgrades to apply a shield, which I think is pretty, ne- pretty necessary. Like I fast track this, uh, this upgrade yeah, when I get here. Otherwise he's not very useful. Yes. There's a little bit of a theme of the science mech being the least interesting mm-hmm. or the least uh, effective, rather, yeah. one of these, um, with some exceptions. But yeah. um, figuring out how to use the science mech effectively is can it be is, difficult. It unlocks and enables the other stuff, uh, which yes. makes it hard to level them up because they're very rarely getting experience. Mm-hmm. And you, you do want to prioritize damage as much as you don't have to kill everything. You know, you are going to have that boss battle yeah. at the end and you will get overwhelmed if you're not killing things at all. Mm hmm. Um, the next one is the, uh, Zenith guard. I like this unit quite a bit for yeah. this group. It forms a good pair actually, like as the first logical upgrades from the, uh, from the rift walkers with, uh, the rusting hulks, um, because mm-hmm. they, these are both very different, but they're both equally effective. And that kind of teaches you that like, oh yeah, like the, these are all going to be roughly equally as powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they have different kind of considerations. So this yes. is kind of the first group that where c- collateral damage Mm-hmm. is going to be a thing that you have to really think about yeah. because their primary damage dealer, the laser mech is extremely powerful. Um, he fires a laser in a straight line that <laughs> does less damage the further it goes, but, but it will go through enemies. So yeah. Yep. And, and can hit buildings and stuff. Yeah. So it always can damage buildings. You can upgrade it. So it doesn't hit allies, mm-hmm. but you need to position him on a vector where he's not going to hit a building. Right. Right. Uh, if you don't want to damage it, and this Which is, is very hard. That's just a more difficult th- version of what you're already doing. Like it's already a bad idea to, to attack an enemy into a building. Yeah. But now you have to consider the full space behind an enemy. Yes. Um, and the balancing is he does the most damage in the game. Right. Uh, or is opening damage. So like mm-hmm. extremely powerful mech. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like the uh, I like the weapon you can unlock that is the opposite of this the the beam that does more damage the further it goes yeah 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 that's very useful yeah um, um you you get the charge mech as well right um which rams into enemies uh, damaging them and pushing them but also damaging yourself right uh, so you want to get get the I forget which pilot it is the one who uh, takes one less Abe. damage yeah you want to get Abe uh, so this guy can go around with no with no uh, consequences mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, and then, uh, the final one is the, uh, the defense mech, which pulls a target one tile closer mm-hmm. and can also has t- a two use, like a limited use item that projects shields. Yeah. So you can, u- you can use this to shield buildings, um, mm-hmm. so that your laser mech doesn't, uh, doesn't obliterate them. Yeah. Yep. And, and yeah, really, really useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, the next one here, the Blitzkrieg is, uh, the kind of the first of our, uh, the first of our elemental ones. I like these guys quite a bit. 
Yeah, these um, are good. I, I have a hard, it took me a long time to figure them out. Yeah. Um, and it's still something where the, the concerns for collateral damage are huge. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to think a lot yeah. about collateral damage with these guys mm-hmm. um, because of their main damage dealing mech. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so the lightning mech uses uh, an electric whip and what it will do is it will chain uh, to adjacent enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can upgrade this so that uh, buildings can be included in the chain, but also not um, won't take damage. Yes. Um, you, your, your units will take damage yes. from this, but you happen to have the hook mech mm-hmm. who does not have a lot of utility as far as the grappling hook goes, Yeah, but, uh, you can actually, uh, you, he has a shield. Mm-hmm. He has like a little, uh, or he has the, the defensive bonus that Abe has. Mm-hmm. So he can be a, uh, a, a chain link. He can be, he can be a, con- a conductor. He can be a conductor and you can upgrade him. So he shields things when he hooks them, mm-hmm. uh, if they're, if they're allies, so like add some utility. Yeah. The MVP here to me is the boulder mech. Yep. Um, the, uh, to get the, I did the achievement for completing the game with three of the same mech. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, this is the, I think this is hands down the best one for that. Oh yeah. Um, the boulder mech is just incredible. Yeah. Um, weak, you know, low HP, uh, but he pushes a boulder that has such, or throws a boulder that has so much utility, mm-hmm. um, starts at two damage um can uh block spawns on its own <laughs> and pushes adjacent tiles without damaging them yeah um and from anywhere in the map like it can it can shoot across the map like that is such good utility yeah um, <laughs> it's it's like deploying a bunch of border collies into a mission it just yeah, like, exactly. it's all just all about pushing baby <laughs> yep you're pushing and blocking yeah you know being able to block a, a spawn tile from across the map without actually going there is just really efficient mm-hmm um, and you can do it like an enemy will be on a spawn tile, will stop on one. You can kill it and then leave a block there. Yeah. You know, or or push one into something rather, because I think that killing it will destroy the uh, the block. But you can push somebody onto a spawn tile while blocking another spawn tile. Mm-hmm. Um, just really efficient. Yeah. Um, the big downside is they only have two HP, so you need right, to increase right. that. And that also means using that electric whip makes these guys very, it's very dangerous to have this guy in your squad. Yeah, you want to keep yeah. these guys away from the fray. The rock will conduct electricity, mm-hmm. but you do not want the boulder mech to conduct electricity. Right. If you can help it. Yeah. No, I just like these guys because I love setting up those chains. Yeah. Yep. Super cool. It's like, uh, it's like setting up combos in a, uh, like a, like a, uh, puzzle league kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, still Jodoka is the, uh, the, the squad I have the hardest time with. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's weird because I can, I can just by looking at the abilities, I can understand how they're supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just have not been, I, I similarly have been unsuccessful with them. It feels like it inter intercepts, uh, unfavorably with the randomness that's in the game. Yeah. Because if, if Vec move a certain way, I can see this just singing, mm-hmm. you know, and just like working perfectly. And if they don't, I can see this just fucking me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm just as a, as a crew, this is all about, again, it is all about moving enemies around and not really dealing too much direct damage. Yes. Uh, the idea is you're supposed to get, uh, them to damage each other. Right. Is what you want. Yeah. Judo. Let me just named after judo. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so you, uh, your first one is the judo mech. Uh, which is one of those reasons why I don't really feel like these are giant mechs. This is so unreasonably silly to me. Um, so, so sillier a, than bipedal mechs in general? Yeah. Okay. Like if one is, one is doing wrestling moves, <laughs> that, 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 that is uh, that's exceptionally silly. Yeah. Large, um, large adults on behavior. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. This large adult, adult mech. Um, this you grab an enemy and throw it behind you. Um, mm. You do damage to it. Yep. You do so, but this just positions it uh, two spaces away. Yeah. Um, and you can upgrade this so you can throw your allies without damaging them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't imagine that being an efficient move. Nope. Like I, you know, like in this thing, like that's not affecting the vec at all, really, unless you're body blocking. No. Yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised none of, none of the uh, none of the mechs do a fastball special. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be, yeah, you throw a mech into something. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. The Siege mech, I like this feels pretty similar to the artillery mech. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, just it does an artillery shot, damages and pushes, and you can upgrade it to ignore buildings. Is there is there an appreciable difference for these guys? Um, I think it's that this one uh, doesn't damage the middle tile. Mm, by default, okay. Yeah. And the other one does. Gotcha. So this, this is, uh, yeah. So, or this one, this one does damage. The other one does not. Okay. The other one damage, like pushes out mm-hmm. only. So no, the other, the other one damages the, the, the artillery okay. mech damages. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is then. I don't, yeah. I haven't spent very much time with these guys cause I don't find them very fun. Yeah. You know, to be fair. So I haven't internalized this stuff. Like I've mm-hmm. read about it, but yeah. And then the gravity mech, uh, which has a little rider ability that is useful for these guys at uh, mm-hmm. Vec hormones, which makes Vec do more damage to each other, mm-hmm. which is necessary for them. And then his main ability, the gravity well, uh, pulls enemies one space. It's very similar to the uh, the other guy that we had mm-hmm. um, that could pull guys one space, but this one can uh, lob it like lobs a thing. Yeah, so it can do it past buildings and stuff. Yeah, the, so. like the 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 things that the steel judoka do. Like I feel like the blitzkrieg does it more interestingly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They just, yeah, they just don't work for me mm-hmm. uh, personally. And that's fairly common, like on the, on the Slack talking to people or this game when everyone was playing it last summer. Um, it's a, uh, it is uh, loved online by some, mm, yeah. but, but not by me. Um, also what took me, you know, quite a while to actually grok were the flame behemoths. And I now just, I like I, them. I couldn't unlock but, these. I mean, I unlocked them, but I just like, I could, couldn't click. They're um, the, it's about this weird long game thing. So these guys are immune to fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no direct damage abilities. Right. Um, it is all about covering the maps with fire and positioning enemies so they stay on fire long enough to die. Right. Um, and uh, it, it's not they have no direct damage. That the uh, So the main one, the flame mech. Um, no immediate flame damage. Thrower. Yeah, no immediate damage. Will only hurt an enemy once it's already on fire mm-hmm. and can push a unit to light it on fire. Right. Um and that's that's all you can do. And like there are whole missions where these don't work for. Like <laughs> I was having a hard time with these guys because I would like I love that damn mission mm-hmm. on the first island, and you cannot really do the damn mission with these guys without tricking the vec into hitting the dam, right? Which is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just like man, can't set this dam on fire. Fuck. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Um. So he he uh, is your primary fire spreader along with the meteor mech, um, who uh, shoots an artillery thing that sets a fire and pushes adjacent units mm-hmm. um, and eventually can add flame to behind it as well. Yeah. Like it get a literal backfire. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, again, synergy with the flame mech because, you know, open up with this guy and then send the flame mech in to do, uh, to do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the most powerful, you know, arguably one of the most powerful mechs in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, swap mech. Right. Definitely the best science mech. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yep. have. Yep. Swap places with any nearby unit. Um, including yep. enemies and allies. Yep. Can be upgraded to do four tiles. Uh, this is just ridiculously powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, positioning this flying mech over a pit and swapping will instantly kill any, you know, any unit. Mm-hmm. Like if this was in the, the steel joke, Jadolka, mm-hmm. 
that unit wouldn't then make sense to me. Yeah. You know, because this is all about that. Like when I'm playing with the flame behemoths, I end up using it just to put people on fire. Mm-hmm. Like if I can put somebody on a flaming tile that is a spawn, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's my main use for this thing. Yeah. Um, unless I can just straight up kill somebody by throwing them into a pit. But um, <laughs> the uh, the swap mech is really, really good. And I almost think I haven't tried it, but there's also a um, achievement for uh, beating it with three flying mechs. Oh, yeah. And the conventional wisdom is you use the the jet. Yeah. You know, the, the jet mech for that. But I almost think you could do three swap mechs. <laughs> and make that work like all you do is all indirect damage yeah um, you know, like you need some upgrades but like if you if they started with four tiles <laughs> i bet you you could do that probably yeah yeah no or, or just uh, uh have two swap mechs and then um uh, just a kind of a more a more direct mech piloted by prospero yeah yeah no yeah that'd be very cool yeah um, um i don't think the the piloting by prospero i don't know if it's if it's flying at the end of the mission if that unlocks the achievement. I don't oh, know shit. Yeah, because, because yeah, that has to be powered, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that complicates yeah, so I, th- it. I think I think you might have to have it from the top, but I don't <laughs> totally know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I never went for that achievement. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, VIP, uh, yeah. one of the most over- overpowered ones, is the Frozen Titans. What I like about the way this is overpowered is that it's not necessarily apparent Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if you're just like look if you were new to the game and looking at a list of these powers this would not stand out to you as a thing that just cracks the game over its knee like bane yeah th- this was definitely the first group that i got all three island kills yeah. with and i still find them the most powerful yeah. uh, unit in the game so the aegis mech which i think is the best like direct you know melee mech mm-hmm. uh, there has a shield um does a shield bash that flips an enemy so it's switching uh switches direction mm-hmm so good uh, being able to just change the facing is just really really cool yeah and the fact um, that you can just upgrade it like i attack you and now i'm shielded so nothing can hurt me um yep. that is insultingly overpowered it's really really good like you can just go up behind somebody like hit him from behind uh-huh. they're facing you and you're you'll ignore the hit right um so strong um it also gives you something to do during a dead turn mm-hmm. if like you know it's very rare that you want to minimize dead turns in this game but if you yeah. have one you can always shield up yeah um, the mirror mech out of the the three in this is the hardest one for me to use. Yeah, um, the, like the, it, uh, the, this is the like the, the fact that you have one unit that is mostly downside. Um, yeah, is is the thing that kind of balances this. Well, the the idea behind this guy is to neutralize the downside of the next mech. Yeah. So like this guy is the like a Janus cannon that fires uh, out of each side, mm-hmm. and it's just very hard to make sure you're not hitting buildings. Yeah. When you're attacking uh, Vec with this, what you're you're intended to do the synergy is you have an ice mech. Um, mm-hmm. which is an artillery blast that freezes a target and ices the mech itself. Mm-hmm. And if you want turn efficiency, you want to make sure that mech um, either a, you have it piloted by Mothin, Mothin, mm-hmm. which means it just neutralizes this right. and makes this uh, very powerful or that it gets hit by something. Right. So positioning this behind the mirror mech mm-hmm. um, is really, really useful. Yeah. And again, it's artillery, so it's not necessarily a problem if it's far away. Yeah, it can it can fire over the mirror mech, mm-hmm. and the mirror mech can uh, you know, or the mirror mech can move uh, at this point afterwards. Like you can, so there's lots of different things you can do with this. Yeah, yeah. you can put the uh, you know, so it is uh, those things are meant to go together. Mm-hmm. The Aegis kind of stands alone. Yeah. Um, the other thing that that was my initial um attempt to do just three of the same unit was to do three of the Aegis mechs, mm-hmm. um, and did not have enough range. Oh, like yeah. things would just get too far away from me, and I couldn't get to it. So that's my mm-hmm. swap to boulders. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the Aegis mech is any, and when I've done the custom squads, mm-hmm. that is like my pick as far as a draft pick. Yeah. 
for that. And the ice mech, if you have the right things, is insane, insanely powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hazardous mechs are also really good, but are I think this is it's like the equivalent of the the third the fourth island because I think this is about as complicated as you want to get. Yeah, like this requires some like real advanced, you know several steps ahead thinking to make work yeah i I, i'll cop to not 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 necessarily spending as much time as i wanted to with these guys just because they're Mm -hmm. they were very expensive and i was kind of down to the wire getting stuff unlocked Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're hard they're hard to do um and their whole their whole idea it's like their red tear stone ring of of squads like Mm -hmm. they do a lot of damage high risk Uh, yeah yeah but very high risk so they don't all of their attacks hurt themselves Mm -hmm. but when they kill a vac uh, they get healed by one. Right. And this can happen after you die. So if you have <laughs> right. one HP and you kill a Vec, you'll go down to zero, but then mm-hmm. when the Vec dies, you'll gain one HP. Yeah. Um, uh, this makes the self-destruct weapon useful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, that's like just a sacrifice I don't generally make. Right, right. Um, but uh, so this we have the Leap Mech, uh, which, again, very silly. It's like a weird, <laughs> like, frog-looking thing. That leaps to a tile, uh, damages itself and the adjacent tiles. Right. That's there. Pretty uh, pr- pretty powerful, um, mm-hmm. especially because it leaps. You can get around uh, blocks, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. The unstable mech, basically just a projectile, but it does damage the shooter and the target uh, uh, at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it also does, starts with more damage. Yes. It does extra damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have very cheap upgrades. So they start with one damage, but they all have... Uh, plus one damage to each as yeah. a one power core ability. And, and like the final upgrade is, you know, like plus two damage to the enemy, but only plus one damage to you. So you can yeah. make it so you outpace. Yeah. So you do four and you do three to yourself, which will probably kill you. Mm-hmm. But if you kill the enemy, you're fine. Yeah. So you're constantly riding that line with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the science mech on this is good. It's the unstable mech, um, which has a cannon uh, that pushes, um, but also applies acid to the target. Yes. Well, that's the, na- um, the nano mech. You know, the, you know, the nano mech. Thank you. Yeah. Um, very useful. Mm-hmm. You know, you can also, you can make acid puddles on um, spawn points mm-hmm. um, and just have the big thing with this guy is just the push. Yeah. Because if you, if you, you can end up in a situation where um, this mech can damage people, but I can't kill anything. So the mech will die mm-hmm. if I don't uh, do that. So I just need to buy a turn. Yeah. And the, the push can be very useful for that. I could see this squad really singing in the final level. Where you're mm-hmm. where you're already riding the line so hard anyway, yeah. Um, but getting there, I, yeah, I, it seems like it would be a tough a tough hill to climb. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah. And uh, it, it very powerful once you get to know them mm-hmm. and get to uh, get to work them. Um, the secret squad. I've only watched people play. I have not unlocked this because like you you do this by getting uh, all the achievements Mm -hmm. and several achievements I think are boring. Like I don't want to destroy my time pods. Right. Um, But this is a squad of hybrids of uh, a Vec that have been uh, are half like cyborgs. Yes. Uh, So they can be controlled. They don't take pilots, which is the thing. So, I mean, like in a way these are not especially powerful. It's a little bit like a, it seems like a, uh, like a, um, a challenge trade off almost. Because I, think, I, I, think, I rely so much on the pilot stuff. Yeah, me too. I think the idea with them is that um, because they they don't um, they don't have pilots, but they can die and then they just come back. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is you have that essentially like the ability to sacrifice mm-hmm. them, and that's kind of the, the big difference it makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are our vec we've come to know and love. Yeah. Uh, this is this is the the beetle which has a ramming attack. 
the Hornet, which shoots uh, stingers, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Scarab is an artillery unit. Yeah, and um, I, I didn't know about these guys until I did the research, but throughout the game, I was like, huh, I wonder if there's a mode where you can play as the Vec. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you absolutely yeah. can. Yeah, it's, a, it's these guys. Um, I've never used them. I'm relatively, you know, almost interested in, in going through and unlocking them, but probably mm-hmm. not enough to to hunt down those chivos. Yeah, yeah. I dislike hunting down chivos. Yeah. Um, but I want DLCs where you introduce more units. Please. Please. DLCs, please. Um, I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. It's, it's been a minute yeah, yeah. since this game came out. But um, yeah, uh, wonderful game. My favorite game from last year in like a walk. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and it was up against like a lot of games I really loved, mm-hmm. you know, um, but this was uh, I, I adored this. Yeah. No, so. I, I just I, I was definitely riding the hype, especially shortly after this came out and people were singing singing its praises um but it's just one of those ones that was a uh you know just a victim of time more than anything mm-hmm. but you know this is a weird little pair with hitman where it was a very similar thing but i have an excuse for my job to play them now <laughs> so yeah um yeah i uh, just uh i almost wish that they were further apart uh because we really I mean, we did two games in a row that were just we were, we just, were just, gl- just glowing and humming about the entire time. Well, what would you say if I told you that I doubt that we'll be glowing and humming about the seventh guest in the eleventh hour, <laughs> based on based on my preliminary play? Uh, yeah, as being a an interesting uh, interesting and important game in history that is not very fun to play. Um, I believe you, uh, based on yeah. my experience with the game as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yes. Yeah. So that look forward. So fans of both kinds of episodes of Watch Out for Fireballs will get their <laughs> get their due. Get their fill. Yeah. Yep. Um so yeah, so big thanks again uh to Julia. Yes, thank you. Like a, a perfect a perfect game to, to suggest. Very happy to have a chance to think talk about it and stuff. Like so many of uh you know the games I play just in my daily life like end up being for work. Mm-hmm. And I had that weird feeling of like man, I love this and I haven't really had a chance to talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> uh, so I'm really glad to have the chance to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just, uh, I know this was the episode I had a lot of just kind of explaining the mechanics, but I think that is where the, the, the analysis or the, the evaluation of this comes mm-hmm. is by, you know, positioning all of these kind of beautiful, like crystalline, almost like structures that interface with each other Yeah. and just, uh, and seeing how those all stack up and lean on each other to build kind of a perfect house. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. It's incredibly good. I don't know that I have anything else to say besides spookily elegant. Yep. I adore it. Yeah. The, um, so the, uh, next up is going to be, uh, another, uh, this was Doug's pick mm-hmm. for choosing the theme. This is the seventh guest and we're going to throw in the 11th hour as well. Cause that's a really shitty failure. Um, <laughs> going to focus on the seventh guest primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say it right now. I might get to a point in the 11th hour where I stop and watch a let's play for the rest of it. Yeah, so that's fine. I'm focusing on the seventh guest. Yeah, let's let, uh, let's consider the eleventh hour a bonus add-on. Yeah, it's going. We're going to do our, our you know talk about it because I think that the 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 shitty plot of that game, like the the way Doug said, it, he's like, oh, I was just going to do that as an abject suffering pick at some point, mm-hmm. and it, it is that kind of thing. Yeah. But they do form like there's a real weird like the most interesting thing going back to it is that at the time the the seventh guest and missed. Mm-hmm. We're both like system sellers for PC. Yeah. And it was kind of before people figured out like how to make these kind of like cinematic puzzle games. Mm-hmm. And like for everything that the, the seventh guest got right, Mist is the one that was like really noteworthy. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know that we'd have Professor Layton without Seventh Guest, mm -hmm. but as far as just kind of like what's standing up, you know, like Seventh Guest has great atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got there's some pleasure in the ham of the acting, but like, boy, it's a it didn't didn't set the world on fire the way that it seemed like they were both going like equally poised to. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Oh. Um, so we're doing those, uh, next week. And then the, for the third, uh, third week of this month, we are, uh, doing something that we are calling the golden age of Tetris. So talking yeah. about Tetris generally, but also kind of highlighting some of the cool stuff that has come out here recently, like within the past couple of years. So things like mm -hmm. Tetris effect, um, things like Tetris 99. Um, mm -hmm. and I'd like to talk about Puyo Puyo Tetris a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Specifically talking about, uh, some new variants, but just kind of Tetris in general. And now that it feels like they're, I mean, there've always been Tetris variants, but mm -hmm. they're getting a, a level of prominence. Yeah. They, they didn't, haven't had before. Yeah. Uh, more people are playing them and it is, it is a great time to be a Tetris fan. Mm -hmm. um, if you are a patron, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash duckvtv, you'll also be getting an episode this month about the adventures of Lolo for the NES. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we none of the main episodes we want to do this month really made sense for, uh, for that model, but we wanted to have something special for patrons. Uh, cause we really appreciate them. Mm -hmm. We do. Speaking of that, if you would like to get, uh, more episodes of a bunch of stuff on the network, but you want to get the premium, the full premium versions of episodes, uh, that came out here earlier, such as Bioshock infinite or Hitman 2016 or resident evil two, mm -hmm. um, go to patreoncom slash duck TV, uh, pledge yeah. a certain amount and you get that. Yeah, please. We, we really appreciate it. Um, we also know what we're doing for the next month. It's the last of our theme months. Yes. Um, so we probably won't have that. There's a full episode behind the, the Patreon wall mm -hmm. thing in the future. That was more about puzzle games resisting our structure. Yes. More than anything. Uh, so the future will probably like plan things out uh, so this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, but the last of the theme months, which is uh, brought to us by Gwen, mm -hmm. uh, which is 3D platformer month. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll be covering Psychonauts. Mm -hmm. um, yep. A Hat in Time. Um, and then mirror's edge. Yeah. Um, uh, this, this might be the first WAF game to make me vomit. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing about it and hearing it itself. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll try and record it. I'll try to get, uh, get that Tascam <laughs> positioned, positioned above the toy. But, and, uh, yeah, I would appreciate that. And listeners would appreciate it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll work it into the opening theme song. Uh, <laughs> just the percussion. On the beat. Yeah, yeah. So stretch it out into some kind of pseudo uh, throat singing kind of deal. In in my mind, you puke like a cat, so it's already pretty much to a techno rhythm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, has Greta given you one of those yet? Um, I've never heard it, uh, but I've definitely. It only happened once when I uh, when I when I first got her. She she threw mm -hmm. up on the uh, threw up in the hallway. Uh, but I don't have carpet in my house. I've got um, laminate flooring, so it was mm -hmm. easy enough to easy enough to scoop uh, up. Yeah, not just not a uh not a big deal yeah yeah um like weirdly I, when, I, when i first got a pet i thought that like oh gosh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be real grossed out just by dealing with the excretions but no that has mm -hmm. not been uh not really been an issue for me so mm -hmm. my squeamishness does not apply Pro probably because would, uh, of like oh when it's your own would you uh what would you say if i told you that it wasn't greta who puked in your house at that time but me <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd ask you to please reevaluate your diet because it was very dry um, and it looked an awful lot like partially digested cat food. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to digest it. It was gross, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't going to digest that. Yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, 
ratings and reviews on iTunes. Yes. Helpful as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, telling your friends. Yep. And Th- uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Big thanks to, to Doug and Julia. Big thanks to everyone listening. Yeah. Big thanks to the patrons. And uh, until next time, what should you watch out for? Watch out for those Vex Bonds because they're going to get up in your undercarriage.